So hello, everyone, and welcome to Blizzard Watch Plays. Uh, except instead of D&D, we're playing Shadowrun today. So I hope everybody is having a fantastic day. We're going to have some fun uh, in the apocalypse slash dystopian future, because why not? So I'll be your host for today. I'm Joe Perez. I'll be your story keeper. And I'd like everybody to go around and introduce themselves and who they will be playing today. And then I'll tell you a little bit about the game world. Let's start with Liz. Liz, who are you playing? Uh, hello, I am playing Val and she's a sort of a... I, that's, that's all the real description I have. <laughs> That, that's perfectly fine. Liz will be playing Val the Detective. Uh, let's go with Deb. Deb, who are you going to be playing today? I am playing Rosie Duluth. Um, as usual, I'm playing a dwarf because they just are cool. And I'm kind of uh, anti-social. And I'm a sorcerer or a mage. Fantastic. Let's go with Corey. Corey, who are you going to be playing today? Hi, I'm Corey, and I'm playing Bananas. A uh, little hacker, little driver, a little bit all of the above. His best friend is Bowie, a monkey, and uh, he goes everywhere with him. And we'll go with Matt. Matt, who are you going to be playing today? Hi, I'm Matt. I'm playing Tia. Tia is sort of a thinly veiled reference to another video game I like. <laughs> she punches things. And joining us today is Anna. Anna, who are you going to be playing today? Hey, I'm Anna. Um, I'm playing Marley. And like uh, Tia, she just likes punching for the most part. Fantastic. So we are going to be playing in what's called the Shadowrun universe. And they're a little bit of a primer. The Shadowrun universe is what would happen in the future if magic and technology existed at the same time. Uh, it is a land of wizards and dragons, as well as tech nines and cyberware. Uh, everything you can possibly imagine is here. Uh, it is not your typical fantasy game. Uh, it is also not your typical cyberpunk game because it has a little something for everybody. And without further ado, I have a nice little intro prepared, so I'm going to read it off to you, and then we're going to get started. Welcome to Nickel City, the city of brotherly love, the city of good neighbors, the city of concrete shoes, forgotten dragons, and gibbering horrors in the night. The city is second only to that of New York in size and economic power. It suffered from the same massive earthquakes that ravaged the entirety of the state, but unlike the city of New York, Nickel City was able to rebuild and recover. In truth, it became more than it was before the tragic natural disaster. The city boasts one of the largest druid groves in the entirety of the United Canadian and American states, one of the largest universities devoted to the study of the arcane arts in the entirety of the world, and a clerical corps that fights against the ancient horrors of the deep dark. Technology doesn't reign as king, but much of the manufacturing of the world's tech passes through the city at some point. In truth, bioengineering is the prime export of the city, with everything from designer organs to combat sleeves and everything in between. Biocorporations dominate the corporate ward, and gene splicing has become ever popular among the runners and people. Part of the reason the city was able to recover so fully after the Great Quake was the interest and investment of the organized crime syndicates. The mob, strong in presence since the Great Wars ravaged the planet, saw an opportunity in Nickel City that New York simply could not offer. So they invested heavily, rebuilding as much or more than any of the corporations. 
In truth, they are often at the core of any run, paying for intel and engaging in corporate espionage to make sure the delicate balance of the power structure remains as it has for decades. They also keep the UCAS police force occupied and out of the city's fairs as much as possible. The city welcomes everybody, so much as they don't make too much noise or trouble. It offers asylum to those seeking a new life, stability to those who wish to earn an honest living, and plenty of new yen to those that seek a dishonest one. Welcome to the city of brotherly love, of good neighbors, so long as you keep your noses clean and the heat out of the city. And that's where we start today in Nickel City, a large city with a little bit of everything for everybody, where our runners have decided to make their life. Each of you has received an offer. You are to meet a man called Vinny the Flower at a place called Santa Ciro's in the Eastern Ward. Uh, I assume that all of you are going to take him up on that invitation because it's a lot of money that is being offered. You all arrive roughly around the same time as night falls and you see a very nondescript, very hole-in-the-wall type place uh, the old neon sign, something that might have existed since before the Great Tragedy and the rifts opened up. It blazes Santa Ciro's and has a bowl of spaghetti that sort of flashes on and off. As you walk in, you notice a small, old crone of a woman who opens the door for you and welcomes you all in. The place is dark, but is filled with natural wood, no metal to be found. Tables, chairs, even the bar itself. Uh, knowing how this world is, that's a lot of money. She directs you to the eating area, the dining area, where you see Vinny the Flower, a giant minotaur of a man sitting at a table eating his lasagna in a finely dressed suit. He stands and welcomes you all. Hey, friends! Welcome. I'm glad you all took the invitation. Please, come in. Have a seat. I assume all of you walk in. Have a seat. So what kind of chairs are there here? Just chairs? Just chairs and tables. Uh, basically, it looks like a regular restaurant style with the old white and red checkered tablecloth, the breadsticks, the whole stereotypical Italian restaurant. I'm going to pull one over from another table so that I don't have to sit in like a in like too close to him. And then I put it back towards and do the I do the Riker maneuver when I sit <laughs> down so that I'm like, you know, basically perched on it, ready to get out of here at a moment's notice. Fantastic. Anybody else have anything special they do or they take a seat? I'm going to walk in, look at him, and sit along the wall, arms crossed. Okay. I'm going to lean back in a chair and kick my feet up on the table. Hey, listen. Be a little respectful. It's the place of business. Don't, don't, put your te- don't put your feet up. Come on, please. Hospitality has its limits, yeah? Well, all right, but then we better see some hospitality then. Of course, of course. Hey, Ma, bring over some uh, some drinks. Everybody wants some drinks? Wine? You want some a little bit hotter? He looks poignantly at Tia. <sighs> McAllen, single malt. Uh, you see the old woman walks behind the bar, comes back out a little bit later, just drops the bottle off at you. Thank you. Anybody else? I'm not actually going to sit down. I'm going to lean against the wall and cross my arms and look around like a lot. Yeah, the place is very empty. You do notice that there are a couple guys in very nice suits uh, positioned here and there with automatic weaponry. 
they're not really paying attention to you per se. They're more watching the doors, the windows, the exits, uh, and they are not human. They all look to be orcs in finely dressed suits. So, uh, listen, we got a job. We need some runners. You all were on the docket. I know you don't maybe know each other. Maybe you do. I, I don't really care. All I know is that uh, if you're in for this job, I'm willing to offer each of you a 10,000 new yen payout at the end of things. What do you say? I don't hit people for money, so if it's that, tell me now so I can leave. Your security. You're not going to hit people for money. Your job is to keep anybody else safe. I know what your deal is. Don't worry. How do I know you're good for it? Well, that's an honest question. I can respect that. Uh, so you would know that Vinny the Flower does have a little bit of a reputation for being a very good handler. Uh, he's very honest, very upfront as far as what you guys would interact with him with. If he says he's going to pay you, he will pay you as long as you complete the mission. Um, that's pretty much anybody who's ever been a runner in the city would know. Um, so you, you think he's going to be pretty good for it. What are we it's... doing that's worth so much to you? That's that's a lot of money to just be throwing around, especially in split five ways. I, I didn't say split five ways. You're each going to get 10000 even more money, then. I need to know if you're in or out before I say anything. You know how the jobs work. Do you all agree? Do you want in? I mean, it'll further my interests. Yeah, yeah. The sooner we get in and out, the less time we spend here, the better. I'm literally know. drinking from my bottle, so I'm not speaking. <laughs> I want to know What's going on? So I guess I'm in. All right. Well, consider this. You all are officially on contract. Non-disclosure agreements apply. Don't tell anybody. It would make me very sad. So here's the deal. We got a tip that an old abandoned alleged lab in the city's first ward has been discovered when they were trying to do some new construction. Nobody has made claim to it. And they think it is a corporation once owned it called Janus Tech. We don't know much about them, but we want to know what's in there. We want to be the first ones in. We've been keeping people out, but we need somebody to go in and actually poke around. Get whatever documents they have. If there's any experimentations left behind, go ahead and collect them for us. Uh, you know, the usual. Get in, get out, whatever you can grab. Y'all each have a unique role to play in this. He looks at uh, Bananas. We think that they got some old world security tech. We're fairly certain it's still active. Uh, by fairly certain, I mean it, it completely vaporized one of the construction workers. So uh, you're going to have to be the one that disables that. Or at least I hope so. Think you and Bananas can handle that? I've never met a problem I can't solve. Good. He turns to Val. Val, you got a very inquisitive eye. Uh, you're good for gathering information, and you got a reputation for being honest. What we do is we want you to get in there, find out what's going on, and be our data collector. I think you can handle that. That's what I do. He looks to Rosie. 
There were some rumors that they were doing something that was trying to combine biotech and magic. That's why you're here. Uh, we don't know the extent of it, and I ain't about to let anybody go in there that can't protect themselves. So uh, I think you won't be able to handle the magical front. Absolutely. And he turns to, uh, to Tia, and he turns to Marley. Both y'all, your job is to keep these three safe. Uh, you need to punch something, you punch something, you need to, to get them out of the way, move them out of the way, you do that. I think y'all can handle that. Now, y'all responsible for getting there yourselves, getting in and getting out. I can give you the coordinates. Uh, that's it. You guys have 24 hours. You can meet here back tomorrow night, hopefully in one piece. And then we go from there. What do you say? Still good? I've already won. You ready? Already got it. I get up. I zip up my jacket. I put. I take the helmet that I carried in. I put it on, and I walk out to my motorcycle. Real friendly, that to you. Real warm. Gives me the fuzzies every single time I deal with it. So, what do the rest of you guys do? Uh, did he put? It, was there like bread out on the table? I mean, if he's having a nice lasagna, maybe there's some bread. Oh yeah, there's definitely <laughs> there's definitely bread with the the oil and the oregano, the whole nine. Okay, oh, I'm there's gonna, also I'm an gonna... empty bottle there for you guys if you want it. Yes, I'm gonna grab as much bread as I can stuff in my pocket and say, "I'll I'll see you tomorrow." Head out to my van. All right. Fantastic. Anybody else doing anything special? Are you guys going to interact with each other at all? Or do any of you even yes. know each other before this? In and out. No. Don't know who these people are. Don't necessarily care. We're here to do a job. <laughs> I love the cold professionalism of it. All right. Uh, so you guys get outside. Uh, nobody bothers you. Uh, Mama opens the door. She smiles. Uh, she actually pats uh, Bowie as you leave. She likes Bowie. Uh, and you all receive coordinates. It looks like it's on the outskirts of what is called the corporate ward. Uh, it's an area of fairly old uh, buildings. Looks like it is something that may have been late 90s, early 2000s. So probably 70, 80 years ago that these buildings were, were considered new. Uh, it'll take you about 20 minutes to get there and should be pretty quick and easy. I assume that you all go directly there. Does anybody do anything in between? Uh, I'm actually going to go, I will stop by my favorite uh, back, you know, on black market dealer and pick up a new knife. Yep. No problem. You get exactly what you're looking for. Dealer doesn't even sees you coming already has a selection ready for you. Anybody else doing anything special? No, I usually travel with my stuff, so. Uh, you all arrive a little bit before Tia, since Tia had to make a little bit of a stop, uh, but not too far after you guys get to the construction site, uh, Tia pulls up on, on her motorcycle. You see what looks like an absolutely devastated crater of where a building used to be. Uh, the ground is corded off with nice high fences 
uh, barbed wire at the top of it. Looks like it's about 10 feet tall, wraps completely around. Uh, the ground is all broken concrete and looks like the remains of a building spread off to the sides. There is a very clear path that leads down from the main gate, uh, and there is a guard there waiting for you that as you approach, uh, he opens up the gate for you, doesn't take eye contact with any of you, and just steps aside. I give him a little bit of a hairy eyeball as I go by. He tries really hard not to look at you. He's he's very afraid of you. Good. He should be. On our way down, I'm going to try and make a style check to, to analyze Marley's movements and see if I know who she was trained by. Or he. Sorry, I don't know if Marley's a he or she. Oh, I'm a she. Okay. Go ahead. Give me a roll. I got an eight. Okay. Fantastic. Uh, you have somewhat of an idea. You don't know who trained Marley, but you know that Marley has similar training to you. Okay, how similar? That's what I'm trying to figure out. She's not. Is she trained by the Arezi yet? I don't know. Marley, are you trained by the Arezi yet? You can tell me yes or no. Briefly. So yeah, you can see some of that similar movement in how she carries herself. Do I think she is looking for me? How would I... Do I... Am I getting the sense that she is paying enough attention to me to be looking for me? Marley, are you paying Tia any mind at all? I'm actually eyeing her to make sure that she's not looking for me at the same time. I will say with an eight, you definitely understand that her motive seems similar to you. She's eyeing you with the same sort of... Is this person here for me? Anybody else doing anything special before you move in? Are you interacting with each other at all? Uh, I totally forgot to mention this earlier, but I have a robot dog who's following me around. And I would like to send him. And his name is Sammy. So it's very important, the robot dog that I totally forgot to mention, to like <laughs> look uh like look around the place kind of quietly to like loop around. Does that make sense? Yeah. So what you're going to wind up doing is you're going to wind up making an assess roll. So this is an edge roll uh, and you get a plus one on top of any other bonuses because of Sammy and bananas. You would notice that you didn't see this before, but uh, Val has a little tiny robot dog companion, a little dog drone. Oh, Val. <laughs> I like your dog. That's uh, that's some good work. Uh, yeah, I like your monkey. Uh, so I would roll two d six plus what? Plus your the edge robot. plus one. So we've got a robot dog and a robot monkey in the group. Correct. Okay. Ooh, that is a very good roll. Uh, roll so an eleven. Yeah, Sammy. That's a that's an unmitigated success. So Sammy goes out runs around, comes back, gives a little robot chirpy bark at you and leads you over to uh, what looks like a small pile of black goo, uh, roughly in the shape of a boot. Um, it's the only thing that seems out of place in the rubble and the path that very clearly leads down into the crater. 
I'm going to follow Sammy back to it and take a look. Okay. So because you got a 10 plus, you're going to be allowed to ask three questions. You can ask what potential complication do I need to be aware of? What do I notice despite an effort to conceal it? How is blank vulnerable to me? How can I avoid trouble or hide here? What is my best way in, out, or past? Where can I gain the most advantage? Who or what is my biggest threat in the situation? Who or what is in control here? So you can ask three questions from that list. Wow, okay. Um, who Who is in control here? I mean, what does this... So, so the... You would think that it would have been the family that Vinny the Flower works for, but as you look around, you notice a distinct lack of what would normally be considered security here. Aside from the guard at the front, you don't actually notice anybody else. It's a ghost town, which is exceptionally abnormal for something being described as this valuable to you. So it's maybe not a question of who is in control, but you know the family is not in control here. You get two more questions. Yeah, I've forgotten like the first half of the question list. Um, does does it look like anyone's been through here at all? I mean, it's just dead, empty, no sign of traffic. Uh, no sign of real foot traffic. Uh, it looks like the path may have been um, trampled beforehand, but it looks like there was a hasty retreat. At some point, probably when the construction worker got vaporized, and it doesn't look like anybody's been back since. Uh, you would estimate it's probably been about a week. And you get one last question. Or you can choose to hold it for now and bring it up later. Uh, let me hold it for now, then, because I don't have enough information to ask a good question, I think. Okay. Uh as you make your way down the path, unless anybody's doing anything else special. Um, I'm going to whisper to Bowie, the monkey, uh, thermal scan. Uh, take a look around. See what you see. Okay. Uh, go ahead and make me a synth check, please. And you get a plus one for Bowie. Oh, geez. <laughs> Uh, Corey just rolled a 15 out of a game that their cap is 12. So uh, you get to ask those th three of that same question. The list is in uh, the, the channel. If there's anything you want to know. Uh, best way in. Uh, looks like there at the end of the path is a what could only be called a vault door. Uh, it looks like an old timey bank vault. Uh, you can see it clearly from here about 100 feet away. Uh, that should tell you how massive it is. It looks like it's the only way in. Uh, the path otherwise is fairly open, uh, so it doesn't look like it's restricted at all. So you could approach it from pretty much any angle you want. Cool. Um, any potential complications? Uh, you do happen to notice that there looks like there's some old timey surveillance cameras mounted on top of the vault. Uh, looks like there's about four of them at different angles that are covering it and scanning back and forth. Uh, this is technology you would have thought would have ended working decades ago. Are they can they see themselves? The yes, they have them. So they have all themselves covered. It looks okay. like they don't have a blind spot. And is there anything they're trying to conceal? So you happen to notice a little bit more than maybe Val did that there are 
because you're doing a thermal scan, there is fresh heat signatures on the ground, but it looks like in the pattern of bare feet, not boot prints, not footprints, thermal impressions of bare feet leading to the vault door. Bears. <laughs> I knew it. You're one true enemy. They can't right. come out of the ground. Space bears are worse. All right. Better than better than trash bears. Anybody else uh, doing anything special? I'm just gonna warn everyone. So we got pretty good camera. Well, we got really old cameras. Like these are these things are ancient. They, whoever's been maintaining them has done a good job. But they're watching that main door up there pretty solidly. So we got to be real sneaky for getting up there. Do we have to get up there? Looks like it's the main way in. It's a big, heavy door. I didn't see anything else that was saying. Flashing neon lights saying, hey, enter here. A secret entrance here. If you couldn't and see if... a secret entrance, then why did we bring you? Honestly. I mean, if, but we didn't see it. It ain't there. Can we shoot out the cameras? There's four of them. They're, they're, you'd have to be a pretty good shot. That may attract attention. Going up and being seen by the cameras is going to attract attention, too. Bowie's pretty quick. We could send him up there. He might be able to take a couple out before they even, if they really, before they really notice him. But uh, so taking out cameras, if they're going to, they're going to notice cameras being taken out just as easily as they notice cameras if people walk up to them. If someone's monitoring them, they're going to notice the cameras getting taken out. They're so old that I think they'd all probably be hardlined in. I don't know that we could hack them to get so around I, all that. How do you guys want to proceed with that then? You can make a frontal assault. Uh, you could walk right up to the door. It looks like you have a potential option to take the, them out through physical or magical means. What are you guys feeling? Marley just starts walking. She kind of pulls her hair in front of her face a little bit and just starts walking. Um, you guys can try and stop her, but... That's okay. If you get shot, then I don't have to worry about you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Marley starts walking towards the door. Let's see where this goes. I'm going to look around the area we're in to see if there's any guns or anything in here. Like, guns that'll pop up and shoot us is what I'm getting at. Uh, you didn't notice any, uh, and if you ask, are you going to ask, uh, Bananas or Val if they notice anything, since you well, saw that they no. were definitely investigating? Any, any guns in this room? Anything that's going to pop up and shoot us? Nothing I saw. All right, I'm going to go to the balanced state then. Okay. Um, like, for a second, I basically, like, flex my arms and when I do, like, lightning crackles up and down my skin and grounds itself in my temples. And everyone can see that happen. That's a good trick. It'll only be a good trick if you don't die. Then I don't get paid. Okay. Yeah, I'd prefer not to die, too. Thanks. Okay. Uh, Marley makes it up to the door. Uh, nothing pops out, nothing electrocutes her, but all of the cameras definitely z like 
they definitely notice you and lock on to you. What do you do? I wave. And then I try the door. Uh, does not budge. It looks like it is. Uh, it's definitely locked in some manner. Uh, you try to turn the giant wheel to try to get it unlocked. It looks like it's stuck. There is a small, uh, maybe fist size hole in the center of the wheel that looks like it would receive some form of either key or cylinder. Fist the door. <laughs> <laughs> I turn back and say, don't y'all Deckers have anything that you want to try up in here? And then I start walking back again. Sure. You guys notice that nothing happened to Marley besides the cameras locking onto her. What do you guys want to do next? I'm going to walk back to the guard. And, but I want I want Bowie to kind of like sneak into the. Does he have like a little office or a gatehouse or kind of thing? Yeah, there's like a real small gatehouse. Okay, so I'm gonna distract. I want to distract the guard of the conversation. Have the monkey go in and see if there's anything worth uh, noticing, stealing, grabbing. Yeah, uh, it's not really hard to distract him. He's looking down. He doesn't really want to pay attention to your faces. You get the impression that he was. Uh, it was dictated to him that he should not remember any of you. Uh, for whatever unforeseen consequences may may rely on after that. Uh, Bowie gets in, gets out real quick, scrambles up to your shoulder, taps you on the uh, the head, and, and just kind of like smiles, this big toothy droney grin. I'm assuming you, after that point, you walk away from the guard? Uh, yeah. Okay. Bowie hands you a ham sandwich. That's what he, that's what <laughs> he found inside of the... Uh, the guardhouse. He's very proud of himself. Good work, boy. That, that, that'll really hit the spot. He, ch- he chitters very happily, and, and it looks like he's almost like holding his chest out. If he had suspenders, he'd have his thumbs in him. I'm going to saunter back to the group, uh, eating the sandwich, and say, with, around a mouthful of food, doesn't look like there's any key in the, in the door, or in the guardhouse. He didn't seem to know anything. Good sandwich, though. So this door has a hole in the center of it yep. that looks like there's some kind of key. Yeah, it looks like a, it would something. Whether it's a key or it's a cylindrical in shape. Uh, so, I mean, if you guys are, are you guys going to go up to the door and take a look at it? Or are you all going to kind of hang back? I'm going to walk up, up and take, yeah, I'm going to go up and yeah. take a look at this thing. Uh, pretty bog standard. It looks like it goes in pretty far. Uh, you would assume that it, or it looks like it probably goes in maybe about a foot. Um, you make the assumption that some form of key would be required to open this up. Um, are you going to try anything to get it open? Does it look like there's any tech in it at all, or is it just a big heavy metal door? You would know there's no tech in this. It looks like it's 100% mechanical. Okay. I'm going to try something then. Okay. What are you trying, Tia? I'm going to shift into the aggressive state. 
So the lightning crackles out of my temples and shoots down my arms and legs. And I'm going to reach into the hole. Okay. Until does my hand ever reach anything or do I, my whole arm go in and I'm still not touching anything. So if you feel around, you'll actually feel uh, what like are grooves and blocky shapes. They don't appear to move, but they do appear to kind of go inward from where you find them. So in all, all of the directions. I'm going to try and make this thing turn by discharging like a static shock. Okay. And moving my hand like a like turning it to the side. Uh, go, the- go ahead and make me a touch roll. Let's see how well you do. Really, really good. Uh, you actually managed to find the exact frequency to vibrate the metal uh, inside of the lock as you release the electrical energy. Uh, you feel like a hundred years worth of rust just slaking off and crumbling inside of the lock. And as you start to move your hand, uh, it's really hard at first. It's really difficult. It doesn't want to budge. But as it starts moving, it gets easier and easier and easier until you feel every single hole align, everything clicks into place. And with a loud audible pop, uh, everybody hears uh, as if something just like thrummed with instantaneous, uh, not power, but like a giant beating of a drum as everything just falls right into place. You spin the dial, spins freely, and the vault door opens. A hiss of air, uh, long since gone stale, sort of blasts you in the face. Uh, it m- smells moldy and old and ancient. Uh, as the door swings open, you give it a wide berth, uh, and what looks to be a long hallway in front of you that has been so dark for so long, hasn't seen the light of day, uh, lays before you and as the door clicks all the way open as it reaches its final resting place little tiny luminescent lights uh, all along the corridor side open up uh, and it looks very much like you would expect to see from like a vault in fallout uh, the fallout universe Uh, it's all grates and and old lights and wiring uh, old handrails rusted through uh, and you do see several ancient mummified bodies laying around the place Uh, Val's going to look at T and be like, that is a really impressive skill. I guess you've got just the touch force. and the power. <laughs> I give you a look like I actually understood that reference. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, what do you guys do? Val Go. wants to take a look at the bodies. Uh, I'm staying out until everybody else goes in, and then I will I will follow in at the rear. Perfect. Uh, so you notice that the bodies look like they are, uh, for lack of a better term, rather well-preserved, uh, minus the fact that they are mummified husks. Uh, their clothes are very brittle and old. Uh, their skin is, is ancient paper thin, uh, and it looks like all moisture is just completely gone from their bodies. You do notice that they have uh, old plastic badges that definitely signify that they were part of Janus Corp. Uh, and they look like they are research and development folks. Uh, they probably tried to get out at some point and couldn't get the door to work. 
and died probably many, many, many years ago with nothing else to do but sit and wait at the door for somebody to rescue them. Uh, you, you do see the security badges, like I said, but other than that, that's it. Uh, I want to grab badges if they're still in a state to grab. Yeah, those are actually... Yeah, me too. There's fairly, they're fairly well-preserved. There are five badges, uh, so each of you can have one if you want one. I'm going to not take a badge. Okay. I'm definitely taking one with my new name. With your new name? Yeah. Do, do I get to... Are there names on the badges? It can, Is it like a key yep, card or... Yeah, it's, it looks like it's got a key card, like, barcode thing on the back of it, but they all are named. It could be literally whatever you want it to be. Okay. I didn't actually want it. I just... I just put it on, on my front, like that's me. <laughs> Alright. Anybody else doing anything, or do y'all move in? If there's one with a lanyard, I take that one. I don't want to take one that I actually have to pin on to myself. Sure, yeah, there's one with a lanyard. I'm just stucking it, stick, stucking, sticking it in my uh, backpack. Okay. As proof that I was here. Fantastic. Um, before we go in too far in, I'm going to look at the door. Is there any way to make sure this thing doesn't close again? You, I mean, I'm not saying I need to break it or anything. I'm just saying I don't want us to get stuck in here. So is there anything I can put in like either the, the hinge or whatever so if it tries to close, it won't? Is there anything around here that looks like it could block it? Uh, there are. It looks like the way that this thing moves, uh, it is purely mechanical as far as you can see, but it looks like it gives it enough leverage that almost anything you could physically put in there would uh, probably just get crushed or moved out of the way. Uh, you could if you had a way, get one of the larger pieces of the old building that sat on top of this and probably wedge it in there, and that would be enough to keep it from closing. But you don't think you can move something that big by yourself? Gotcha. All right, I don't, I don't say anything then. Okay. Anybody else do anything before we move in? Uh, my cyber eyes are thermographic. Graphic, and I would like to use that to look around and see if I see any like heat signatures. If there's anything, are there people here? Is there machinery putting out heat? Uh, sure. Uh, go ahead and make me a synth check to see how well your scan goes. That's a seven. Uh, you get a general glow from at the back of what looks like. The, this chamber, you can't see that far quite yet. It looks like it's about maybe 150 feet in, sloping down. But there is definitely, uh, in contrast to the very cool area of this corridor, there is a warm heat signature down there. I'll just say, you know, there's maybe 150 feet ahead of us, there's something putting off heat. What do you guys do? Do you want to move forward? Do you want to stay here? There's no side passage or anything. It's just like one big entryway. Looks like one big entryway all leading down with a slight decline towards that back area. I was going to walk in. Sammy's a little bit ahead of her. 
Okay. I'm gonna right. hang off to the side of the hallway, but kind of, you know, saunter along. Don't look too concerned, but keeping an eye on things. Your feet echo as you're moving down this hallway on the the metal mesh uh, walkway. Uh, that nice hollow metallic ring uh, as you make your way down. Uh, you don't notice anything other than the lights and the very very old wiring. They do flicker uh, every now and then. Uh, maybe not from lack of electricity, but probably from lack of use. Uh, this place probably hasn't been trodden for, for decades. Uh, as you how make much, your way... Sorry, go how ahead. How much dust is in here? Surprisingly, it- none. Like, you would expect there to be, like, a layer of dust on, like, the handrails. They're perfectly clean. Do you say anything to anybody? This is unusual. It's been unopened for a long time. Why isn't there any dust? Bodies were all desiccated. Yeah, thinking back on it, you didn't notice any dust or anything on the bodies either. I pull out a notebook and pen. Very ancient tools and scribble these notes in a notebook. Okay. Anybody else doing Val's, anything? Go ahead. Val's just going to look over and like nod approvingly, like this is good old school detective work we're doing here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You guys I don't suppose I don't I don't sense anything like mystical going on, do I? Not here, no. As you guys make your way down, the slope opens up into, instead of just what is a uh, metal mesh floor, that that grating, it goes to a stone-hewn floor, and it leads to the end of the chamber, which has very nice warm orange lights next to a giant red oak door. And on carving on the door is the face of the two-headed god Janus. I'm going to look at the group, look around, say, you know what? Nothing gained and nothing gambled. And I'm going to knock. Just three times. Three nice, strong knocks. Okay, you make your three knocks. Uh, It is very loud in this hallway because there is literally nothing else uh, here except for the reverberations from the wall. But nobody answers. There a doorknob? There is an old school brass doorknob. It does not look like it has a lock. They don't make them like this anymore. Marley, is there any uh, sign? Marley like jumps in and pulls bananas slowly backward by the collar and stands in front of them and rolls her eyes inside. <laughs> okay. So you're just going to open the door? Yep. It swings inward easily uh, on well-oiled hinges. Again, wait, wait, inward towards us or inward into the room? Inward toward into the room, not towards you. Okay. 
Uh, it doesn't make any noises of disuse or or any sort of uh, sounds that you would associate with any sort of degradation. Uh, it smoothly moves in, and you are greeted by what looks like an old reception area straight from the 1970s. Real plush shag carpeting, tons of lights, faux wood everywhere, uh, plush couches and chairs, and a giant reception desk uh, sitting in front of a giant brass symbol matching exactly what's on the door. Uh, you hear soft elevator-style music. Uh, basically, it's the techno version of Girl from Impanima uh, playing in the background. Uh, and there, it looks like this place is absolutely immaculate, but it looks like it is a reception room for a corporation. I want to look around with the thermographic vision again and see is there up, down, what's what's in here. Uh, so you notice that this is probably the source of the warmth that you detected earlier. Uh, it is a balmy 72 degrees in this room. Your eyes read that register uh, really, really quickly. Uh, very, very comfortable. Looks like it is low humidity. Looks like it is well-maintained uh, as far as environment goes. But this is definitely the source of the heat, and it looks like it is just from the ambient temperature of the room. You do notice as you're looking around, there are two doors uh, on either side of the back wall, the farthest wall from you, one to the far left in the corner, one to the far right. They're massive, uh, again, carved from that same red oak as the main door. One says uh, research and development, and the other side says uh, sales and receiving. Marley goes ahead and sits down on the chair and just waits for the techies to do their thing. Okay. Oh, well, we have to go to R&D. That's absolutely where all the good stuff is going to be. We're going to R&D. See? I don't know. Of course we want to go to sales and receiving. We need that's to know that's who was the customers of this company 50 years ago. <laughs> that's very important. That's yeah, but think about the, the answers stuff they are might always have. in the paperwork. All the stuff. <laughs> I, I, I'm not being serious. I, in fact, I don't think Tia actually said anything. Tia is just standing there. Actually, Tia has pulled a hip flask out and is staring longingly at it. Actually, Tia, you notice that out the back of the reception behind the counter is a uh, what would have been it's labeled as a McKellen 25 year sitting behind the counter, but it's probably now a McKellen 125 year. Still sealed. Yeah, they don't age when they're in bottles. <laughs> exactly. I put my flask away. I don't go over to that bottle either. Okay. I want everyone to notice my heroic sacrifice of not getting drunk while we're on the mission. <laughs> Is that the only bottle there? Uh, looks like there's uh, other spirits as well. Uh, looks like it might have been a full collection bar. of a very small full bar. Um, different sort of... The mixers are probably all gone bad at this point. Um, you don't see any like fruit wedges or anything like that, but there's definitely a bunch of hard liquor, and it looks like a few old bottles of a brown ale. Uh, Doc's brown ale sitting on the counter. Uh, Val, would like, Val would like to grab whatever looks the cheapest and the most alcoholic. Uh, there is a, a bottle of relatively cheap potato vodka. She's going to grab that and just put it in like whatever she's carrying. If she's carrying like 
maybe she has like a shoulder bag or something. She's just going to pop, pop sure. it in there. Yeah, no problem. Easily done. And uh, Marley thinks that these chairs are exceptionally comfortable, by the way. They're very, very plush. All right. So what do you guys want to do? I want to go over to the R&D door. Okay. Uh, looks like it has a little key pass thing uh, that you can slide a card or something through next to the door. Uh, otherwise, it has the same brass handle as the front door. I'm going to pull a key card out of my backpack and slide it through. All right. Uh, it beeps a couple times, then turns green. The door hisses open, and a, a robotic voice over the intercom directly above the door says, Welcome, James. It has been too long. I'm sure. I'm going to step into the room. Okay. Uh, you guys all see uh, Rosie move over to the R&D door and just head in. Ever, anybody following, or are you all hanging back? Uh, Val's going to follow. Uh, it actually leads into what can only be described as a giant glass elevator. Uh, steel construction wrapping it around. Looks like it's polished very, very finely to a high sheen. The glass is absolutely impeccable. Uh, and there is a set of buttons on the side that have three different markings on them. Sub-level one, two, and three. Does this elevator overlook anything? Not quite yet. It looks like as you look at the glass, it's stone wall behind it. Okay. All right. Um, well, you're in here with me. Let's go hit sub one. I'm going to I'm going to yell out. Is anyone else coming with us down here? Don't okay. go anywhere by yourselves. Oh, give me a second. I'll grab one of the bottles. Doesn't matter what. Something, you know, alcoholic. He reaches for the McAllen. I slap his hand. <laughs> hey, that now. There. You leave that there. They're not going to appreciate it anymore. Leave I know I could get some. that there. Fine. You're no fun. No. Yes, you, you being up. kept alive is the point. Bowie I'm chitters be, a little bit. I'm going to be holding the door to the elevator so that um, Val and Rosie don't get ahead of themselves while these two are looking through all the liquor. Sure. You keep the door open. I'm shoving. I'm trying to get him to go towards the elevator door. Does uh, Bananas put up a fight or does Bananas go? Uh, I'll go, but I'll be like, hey, hey, watch the, watch the merchandise here. I don't touch you. For one thing, I'm still crackling with electricity. <laughs> he just kind of crowds your space, to, or she crowds your space until you start moving. Yeah, that's what I mean. You're all sparky and stuff. You know how much work I've got inside me right now? The one wrong spark, and I oof, don't want to think about I it. I just give you a look like I really don't care. It's a very long-suffering look. Okay. All right. Is anybody doing anything else before you go to sub-level one? Is there anything like a computer on this desk? No, there is not. There's an old phone. Uh, looks like an old rotary style phone, but that's about it. There's a rotary phone? How old is this place? Yeah, weird, isn't it? 
All right, unless anybody's doing anything else, we may proceed. Rosie, push the button if you wish. Push. Okay. Uh, you push sub-level one. I'm going to use my elbow. <laughs> <laughs> Good advice in this day and age, folks. Uh, so you use your elbow, and you uh, you hit sub-level one. It's a, it's a large enough button that doesn't give you too much of a hard time. Uh, and the elevator sort of shudders to life as the door closes, and starts to descend. It's a little shaky at first. You get the idea that it hasn't moved in a while. Uh, but as it moves down, you see that the rock layer starts to move up. And you can actually see out of the glass from around it. And what you see is probably the absolute largest hangar-style enclosure imaginable. You're looking at this. This probably extends several miles uh, out and across uh, and it looks like there are several rooms uh, that are self-contained within this hangar, like individual stand-up buildings inside of this underground facility, uh, connected by walkways made out of a shiny polished metal with absolutely no corrosion. Uh, lights are blazing everywhere. You do see that there are old-school forklifts. Uh, looks like there are trucks. A couple of you notice, and Val would definitely notice this, possibly uh, TN Marley, Old school military trucks line various places, something you would have seen from like an old movie, maybe an old pictograph from from the classics era with its cloth covered back and giant green olive green uh, exteriors, probably either for moving cargo or troops. You descend about 30 feet before the elevator stops. You still have a good view of everything. It chimes and the door opens up. And you look at what is very clearly a cubicle farm uh, laid out before you. It looks like probably a hundred foot by hundred foot room with a ton of cubicles and very, very old computers. Uh, we're thinking, think like Apple IIe's lining everywhere, dot matrix printers everywhere. Um, and it looks like there is a rather large coffee machine directly outside of the door to the elevator. I'm, I'm going to send Sammy to, to like walk the perimeter and see what he sees. Okay. Sammy kind of goes out and does his little stealth thing. Um, I'm assuming he's a, a hound type construction. Yeah. Okay. You see his little robot floppy ears hit the ground as his nose is down and sort of drag a little bit as he sort of makes his way uh, around the facility. Uh, he doesn't go too far. He wants to stay within eyesight of you. Uh, he doesn't seem to be reacting to anything. The air down here does not smell stale either. It actually smells rather clean and fresh, very similar to how it was outside in the construction area. I'm going to drop back in the center, and when I do, the electricity around me goes away. Okay. I'm going to put Bowie on my head uh, so he can see over the cubicle walls and say, Hey, Bowie, anything in here look like the boss's office or maybe a server room? something that would be more important than just cube person stuff. Uh, he looks around. Let's see. He sees something that might be a server closet. Um, it's probably the only standalone door on this level, probably hundred feet to your left against the firewall. Okay. Hey guys, uh, there's something, there's something over there on the wall might be worth checking out. Most of this stuff would probably be 
worthless or low-level drone. We should go check that out. I'll start walking off that way. Okay. Uh, anybody I'm else good. doing anything or asking for anything or looking for anything? I'm following him. I'm going to point at the coffee machine. You know, I've done some research on this stuff. They used to drink coffee out of these coffee. primitive, primitive machines. <laughs> I made coffee yesterday. I just drowned some beans and strained water through a filter. <laughs> You're weird. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. it's perfect, perfectly I within. Where am I weird? Like a badge <laughs> of honor. Okay. Uh, anybody else doing anything? Are you following uh, I'm following bananas? So if he gets jumped, at least someone will be there. I see. Now it's sticking uh, kind of close. To I see uh, her following bananas, so I stay with the other two. Okay. As I'm you... kind of following. Sorry, I'm no, kind of ahead. following everyone, but I'm like looking at desks as we pass them to see. If if there's any like interesting paperwork to rifle through. Uh, as you guys are walking through the cubicle farm and making your way towards that door, you do notice several more bodies. Looks like they are slumped over the desk, uh, or their desks definitely desiccated and uh, devoid of all moisture, just like the ones above. Uh, injuries. I make me a mind check to see if you can actually notice any injuries. Their skin is so desiccated that it's very hard to tell. You think you see puncture wounds right where their jugulars would be. Singular. This one's, got, this one's been stabbed in the throat by something. I say that out loud. Can I check a different one? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, you move over to another cubicle. You notice, now that you know what to look for, since uh, Tia already told you that, you notice the same thing. Same spot, same diameter hole, probably about as big as a number two pencil. Yeah, the same people probably killed all of these people. That's kind of messed up. Dying at work. I'm looking around. Uh, do I see blood stains anywhere? I mean, they wouldn't be fresh. But do I see, like, if someone got stabbed in the throat like this blood would gout out. Do I see any sign of that happening? Not that you can detect. Um, somebody else might be able to do something to see if there's any residual fluid. I'm not seeing any sign of blood. If you stab someone in the throat it's like this, they'd bleed all over the place. They wouldn't just slump over on a desk. I'm not seeing any sign of that. Uh, Where'd the blood go? this place? Because there's no dust either. Is something cleaning this place? Yeah, like you notice that there is no dust anywhere. Everything looks like it's perfectly ordered and neat. Uh, everything has been like perfectly placed. Uh, even the desks, like while there's dead bodies here, everything is neat and tidy. There's coffee mugs that have been cleaned. No stains whatsoever. Neatly placed all in exactly the same spot as you look around all the cubicles. Uh, looks like there's a mail in and out uh, box for each of them. And it looks like the inboxes for every single one of them is overflowing. The outboxes are completely empty, but they're all very neat, very tidy. 
I want to sort through the inbox at one of these desks. Okay. Yeah, uh, I want to do that myself. You guys notice that it looks like it's all inter-office memos for the most part. Um, notes from one cubicle to another on different things that they were working on. Everything seems coded or veiled, though. It's, you know, 10% through Project A, 13% through Project J, uh, 40% through Project Z. Uh, everything has its own tag. Nothing is very clear, but it looks like it's all status reports. Uh, and as you notice, like different clusters of cubicles seem to all be around certain projects. So like A through D is one section and, and so on and so forth. Um but they're all status reports, uh, material requests. You notice that there's a bunch of requests for raw ore, uh, different chemicals that you have never heard of, um, at least not anything that has been heard of in years. You do notice that there are a bunch of references to something called Chemical Z. Nothing clarifies what that is, but it looks like it is involved in every single one of the projects that they were working on or researching. Are we still getting outside signal in here? You check, you are still getting a signal. It is very weak. Uh, can I do just like a quick search? Uh, you know, check the internet for what these chemicals might've been used for, what they would go for and uh, in combination. Sure, you hit, the, uh, you hit the net real quick and you take a search for Chemical Z, you don't get any hits back. You do get a bunch of, looks like, old videos from a TV show that involved a scientist and creating three super-powered girls, but that's about it. <laughs> uh, there's nothing on this chemical. And I, mean, I don't mean nothing. I mean suspicious nothing. Like... If, if it existed, no one has ever talked about it on the internet. Like something else has been cleaned? Yeah, exactly. Like Yeah, there's suspiciously nothing about this on the net. Not even rumors, not even like, not PHPB boards that have been out there since existence and Time Memorial. Reddit's still a thing, nothing on there, no conspiracy theories, nothing. I'm going to grab the uh, stuff, the papers that I was, the inbox that I was looking through into my backpack. Okay. I want to grab some of the papers from someone's inbox and put them in the outbox. Interesting. As I just, you know, just want to see. As you do this, uh, you hear a click from the ceiling and you look up and it looks like a drop ceiling, like an old school drop ceiling with the, the, the foam tiles. One of the tiles moves up and slides over and a small drone uh, that looks like it, it it's not it's flying. It's definitely flying, but it doesn't have any propellers. It looks like it has uh, like a propulsion system underneath it that's glowing slightly blue. It comes down. Little tiny hands come out and grab the mail from the outbox it scans each thing in the barcode, and then you see it moves around and puts it into the appropriate inboxes, and then flies up back into the ceiling, and the tile slides back into place and moves down. That was impressive. As the best descriptor I can give you for the drone, if you've ever seen the movie Batteries Not Included, that's that's what it looks like, that saucer shape with like goggles for eyes and the little propulsion underneath it. 
bananas. Have you ever seen anything like that guy? No, that's that's a really unique model. Um, I'm going to move one cubicle over and do the same thing. Uh, take the file in the inbox, put it in the outbox, and uh, see if the drone comes down again. Yep, same thing happens. Takes about a minute. Tile okay. slides back. Drone comes down. If uh, then I will get banana, get Bowie to uh, jump on the drone and see if he like hang on to it and bring it down. <laughs> okay, uh, Bowie chitters and like gets really excited. Does like the little butt wiggle like a cat would do. Jumps off your shoulder, lands on top of the drone, and I'm gonna need you to make a meat check for Bowie. So- yep. While he's doing that, I just have to say that meat is my favorite stat. <laughs> Seven. Okay. Uh, Bowie doesn't wind up taking any harm, but this thing definitely has a reaction. As soon as Bowie touches it, it's almost like there's an electrical current that shocks Bowie, and he, chittering Bowie lands back down and like is angrily like. <laughs> And pointing his finger at the drone and just like then runs over to you and hides behind your leg. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's then, do that one more time in one more <laughs> cubicle. But this time I'm going to hit it with a chair. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Maybe one of the people here who hits things for a living should be doing that. <laughs> oh, fair, fair, fair point. Um, Hey Tia, you want to give me a hand? I want to. I want to crack one of these things open and see what happens. But uh, they're I'll a little. Switch. I'll switch to aggressive stance again. Okay. You uh, need to roll for it. You just gonna let me? No, this this is not something you're gonna have to roll for. Uh, you do the same thing. You switch to aggressive stance. Uh, you move the the paper to the uh, to the outbox. Another drone comes down from the tile. Uh, you punch this thing square in its side, and it just shatters, falls to the ground. Uh, because you are electricity based, you don't take anything from it, uh, but you definitely feel a tingle of feedback. Uh, this thing definitely had an electrical charge that ran through it, probably as a defensive measure to keep people from messing with the drones. So yeah, you have an open drone laying on the ground. Awesome. Uh, I'll sick Bowie on it. Uh, see if there is anything special or unique, or if it can tell me anything. It can follow its processes back to the main a main computer or something. Like just really tear it apart. So as you start looking through it, this technology that is inside of this thing rivals what's on the market now. This place you're told is is at least 80 years old. We're talking tech that you would have a hard time getting your hands on now because it's so advanced is inside of the things. It looks like it has an AI receiver, uh, which is something that only military has access to right now. Only the UCAS. Uh, it looks like its hover position, its hover positions aren't electromagnetic like you thought they were there are two small faceted crystals inside of it that seem to be thrumming with a power and Rosie actually starts getting a tingle of a vibe from these crystals now that they're exposed ooh ooh oh what have you got there uh they look like power sources for this thing like batteries I'll I'll um Scoop one up with a bit of the debris and bring it over to her. 
Yeah, you as you touch it, it, like it is thrumming with what you can only say is concentrated arcane energy. It's as if somebody reached into one of the rifts and literally grabbed a handful of it and compressed it down into a diamond. In fact, you have. It's rumored that the gathering of these crystals as an alternative energy source in the was what precursored the event that spawned the sixth world. Uh, so basically, there's a rumor going around that the collecting and gathering of these items is what caused the massive rift that caused magic to flow back into this world and mutate everybody. This means someone has access deep into the rift. Now, Marley and Tia would know about this since you derive some of your power from that same sort of arcane well. Uh, When she says that this is from deep in the rift, that's concerning. You're also starting to get an idea of why this place might be valuable. Okay, um, I can't be the only one thinking that the robots killed everybody, right? Robots or someone in charge of the robots. Let's get this over with. You done playing with robots yet, or can we go into that other room, or what? Yeah, yeah, I think I got everything I can out of this. and I'm going to scoop up any part that looks super valuable and bag it. Yeah, I mean, you basically take all the pieces of the drone and shove it in your bag. Everything everything here is a mint fortune for you. <laughs> Even if just for upgrades for Bowie alone. So uh, you make your way over to the other room. Uh, at the end of the this hallway, you open it up. It is actually just a server closet, an old school server closet. It looks like racks and racks of, of old school machines still moving, still powered, still operating. Uh, and it's got Ethernet cables going from all of these different switches to all the different machines. And you can definitely tell that this is probably the central hub for this floor. So you can jack your deck in. And if you want, if you're looking for anything, there are open ports. You just got to tell me what you're doing. Yeah, let's uh, let's do the same thing to the that I just did to the drone. Strip everything as, as much as I can, uh, rifle through any records, see what stands out. Okay, so we're going to make a hacking check. So this is going to be a synth check. Uh, Bowie cannot assist you in this, so you do not get a plus one. It's your straight synth roll. Can I assist? Yes, you can attempt to assist. Since you are cybernetic out, uh, you can give him plus one. Yeah. Okay, I will, I will help out any way I can. All right, so this is Banana's time to shine. It's what I was built to do. I'm going to crack <laughs> Jack in and he spliced. He did. Got an eleven. Okay, and that's with the plus one from uh, from Val. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you are literally hacking the Gibson at this point. Your mind sort of goes into the the space, and you notice that this is this is incredibly advanced. It is very similar to how the current day Matrix is set up. Uh, It looks like it is an architecture of this facility, of this room in small form factor. And sitting in front of what would be the virtualization of this server room 
is a dog-headed person sitting in a chair, reading what looks like a newspaper, sipping a cup of coffee. You're in the machine now. <laughs> Doesn't seem yeah. to be paying you any mind. Uh, it looks like it's it might be a security protocol, but you rolled high enough that it just accepts you as this is normal. So what specifically okay. are you looking for? Um, owners, information on the chemical, uh, anything they might have shipped to, any projects in uh, the storage right now. Okay. Uh, so you do find some records for the area. It looks like R&D2 is all cold storage, basically uh, things that are stable or ready for shipping and ordering. Uh, they go there. It doesn't have a catalog of what's there, but it looks like Project X, when it was completed or, or whatever, gets shipped there and ready for the next stage. Uh, you do notice that it has a lot of references to sub-level three as the main meat and potatoes of the whole entire research and development facility, and it looks like they actually have records of extracting Chemical Z from something there. Okay. Other than that, it's a lot of just other orders from shipping and receiving and sales. Uh, we need 15 units of Project A, 15 units of Project B. Uh, and you do see that there is a military function. It looks like at one point in time, Janus Tech was working exclusively with the United States military, which hasn't been a thing in a very long time. Okay. Um, this is an old building. Yeah, so you can pop back out if you're done, unless there's anything else you want to ask. Um, no, I'll just download all the files I can. Okay. Yeah, you get, you and, get a complete record of yeah. everything you can. Cool. Then I'll pop up. You guys see uh, Banana's eyes sort of roll back into place. I assume you relay all that to them? Yeah, uh, guys, this uh, whatever's going on here, it's down on level three. Uh, they, this is an old, old building. They were working with the U.S. government, and that hasn't been a thing in years. Decades. So wait, 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 wait. Let me see if I understand this. There was a dog person sitting there reading a newspaper. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just the. You didn't talk to the dog person. Nah, it's just a visualization of the security system. It doesn't really have anything to say. If I, if I hadn't been as good as I am, and I'm the best, uh, it might have noticed me and caused some issues. But you left it intact, so it's still there, waiting to possibly be triggered? Oh, yeah. I mean, if I tried to take it apart, I mean, who knows? It could have wiped the servers. It could have activated a whole bunch of defense systems. Trust me. I, I mean, I know what I'm doing. I mean, Bananas is definitely speaking with a level of confidence that indicates Bananas does know what Bananas is talking about. Mm -hmm. All right. What's your guys' next move? I'm hearing that said in the tone Gwen Stefani said about Bananas. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, your next move. So uh, whatever is going on here, if we want to get what we came for, we got to go down more. Sounds like it. Sounds like we have to go down to three. Okay. 
does anybody oppose that or have any other ideas before you head back to the elevator? When you said that they were extracting Chemical Z, do you know where from yet? Uh, they were extracting it from something down here. I think it's on-premises, whatever they were getting it from, which I don't know if that means that it's creature or they've opened a rift here or what, but well, it I'm sounded like asking. it was on-premises. I'm just asking, because there's a whole lot of dead bodies around here with puncture wounds in their neck and no blood. Um, I'm not sure about going down. Well, the bodies are here, so if they were killed here, they we could be killed and we're worried about. And that's enough for Marley, and she shrugs and goes back to the elevator. Okay. Uh, you guys make your way back over to the elevator. You can push the, the sub-level 3 button if you want. Do we want to check 2 on our way down? That's up to you guys. What do you want? I suppose we could just open the door and see what it is. Okay. Yeah, sounds good. It could be something there we need. All right. You make it down to sub-level 2. The door chimes open, uh, and you are greeted with a very clearly a storage or warehouse type area. Uh, it's about as big as the cubicle farm above. It's only about 100 foot by 100 foot. It's still large, uh, and it looks like there are small crates, metal crates, lined very neatly on shelves all throughout uh, this room. It is very well lit. Uh, looks like it is humidity controlled as well, just like the rest of the building. Uh, but everything looks like it is sealed inside of these crates. I walk over to a crate and kick it. Okay. Uh, it is very metal. Um, are, were you kicking it with the intention of trying to open it by kicking it, or were you just kicking it for the sake of kicking it? Yeah, you know, like, like, like Breath of the Wild. Yeah, like with my foot. Jiggling it with my foot. And it hurt because I'm wearing sneakers. It did hurt a and little it's bit. metal. Yep. Uh, you notice that the they're not sealed like locked you could you could just as you kick it like the lid pops just a little bit and goes back down i kick it off with my foot yep uh inside you see just rows of very like neatly organized almost looks like hand grenades except they're glass and inside of each one of them uh inside of these glass containers is a swirling vortex of blue and purple light uh, that is just sitting there waiting there. Like I said, about fried grenade size. Holy, holy, holy what? I start shoving oh. everybody back toward the elevator. No, <laughs> no, out of my way, woman. Get out, get out. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Rosie just like kind of ducks underneath you so she can get right inside of the crate. Uh, this looks like a perfect marriage of arcane and technology, just like the drone above. Uh, as you hold it, you feel the thrumming power of the rift inside of this device. And as you look closer, you also see what looks like a swarm of very small robots uh, inside of it as well. Uh, maybe they look like specks of pepper, but they are definitely moving. Can I determine if these are of recent construction? Sure, go right ahead. Uh, you are a mage. Go ahead and make me a touch check, please. Uh, 
slash r not slash two. I'm sitting here going, why isn't it working? <laughs> Whew. Uh, so yeah, with the 12, uh, you can go ahead and ask me uh, a whole bunch of questions about this. Uh, so you can ask how old it is, uh, where would I find the source, how secure is this, who or what is it related to, uh, who owned or employed it, the relative value of it, or what is the relationship between, and you can choose to fill in the blanks, basically, between blank and blank. Okay, first question. How old are these? The metal feels relatively new and cool to your touch. Uh, you can't determine what kind of metal it is or how old it is, but there, again, like everything else in this building, there are no signs of corruption or corrosion on it whatsoever. The arcane energies inside of this thing, however, feel ancient and deep beyond all imagination. Uh, we're talking probably thousands of years old at this point. Uh, so it's a real conflicting feeling. It's, it's almost like old and new have been married together here. You can ask two more questions. Or you can hold them for later when Liz still has one on hold. Can I determine who constructed this, the box and the. So the box itself feels very man-made, uh, probably machined. You probably assembly line. Everything looks uniform as you compare it to some of the other boxes. Uh, likely was constructed here, uh, probably in house with whatever they had available to them. Uh, you think it is the same material as the, the grenade is made out of, but you can't really be a hundred percent sure. However, the way that the energies are contained in here, the only way that you know of somebody being that skilled to basically harness arcane energies that well would be somebody who is essentially an arc mage. Uh, the only person you have ever met that might have that skill in this current day and age is the dean of your studies at the university. And you get one last question. I'm going to hold it. Okay. Um, I'm going to look around the room. Do I see any other of these boxes? Oh, yeah. There's hundreds of them. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them. Okay. And the, the room is like a hundred, is similar to the size above. Okay. Yep. And each box is about maybe like a six foot foot locker size, give or take. You guys uh, Val would like to walk over to another box and open it up and just see if it's the same thing. Okay, you walk over to another rack, uh, the, probably the one directly behind. You open up a box. It is not exactly the same. Inside of here looks like the marriage of military hardware and arcane crystals, uh, as it looks like, for lack of a better term, an M16, but instead of actually having a breech uh, and a barrel, it is a long cylindrical crystal, uh, again, swirling with those arcane energies. Otherwise, it still has a trigger. Uh, it still has a sight on it. A stock otherwise looks like a normal gun, except for that one difference. Well, I'm gonna, is it, what kind of gun is it again? I missed that part. It's like an M16. It's like a, a rifle style. I'm gonna pick it up and take it with me. Don't know what it does, but, uh, hmm. Yeah, you pick it up. It's incredibly lightweight. 
Uh, it feels mm. cool to the touch. Mm. Nothing happens as you grab it, and you just have yourself a nice arcane rifle. Was there any printing on the outside of the boxes that, or a symbol of any sort that we can compare that we might be able to save ourselves a little bit of time? Uh, it does look like each box is marked, but it is a language you do not know. There is definitely a clear difference between each of them. Uh, so you can tell like boxes that have the same name on them have the same stuff, uh, but otherwise there's just a variance of things. Are you going to keep looking through boxes, or are you guys... I'm, I'm really curious. <laughs> I'm not interested in going through thousands of boxes, but uh, this is kind of a treasure trove. Yeah. I want to grab a couple of the grenades, stick them in my backpack. Sure, you can... Uh, let's see how many you can... You feel you can safely grab three of them without them clinking or... or you know, being in a position to break. Okay. We'll pad them and add them to the backpack. Marley is just back on the elevator, holding the door open button and just squeezing the uh, bridge of her nose. Yeah. I'm on the, uh, I'm also on the elevator on the other side and kind of just looking at her, Marley. Had to kick that crate, didn't you? Well, look, we're supposed to go in and we're supposed to keep these guys safe, but there's only so much we can do. I just, ugh, I just. I'm amazed yeah. the one with the monkey isn't in there right now, smearing something on his face that will melt it off. Well, the monkey's pretty smart. He probably keeps the dude in check. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> okay. Uh, unless you guys are doing anything else in this room, or are you going to get back on the elevator? Are you done being suicidal yet? Yeah. There's an arsenal of stuff in here. Yeah, I, I am a weapon. I don't need one. I just, just keep the knife know, to make me feel good. An open box is a question that needs answering, but I'm foul strolling back towards the elevator. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Sammy seems very happy with your new rifle, by the way. All right, you guys get back on the elevator. You push the button for sub-level three. It descends, this time for a long time. Uh, and as it descends, the solid wall completely give away. And you go into what is very clearly that large hangar. As you reach down, all the glass, instead of just the doors, all open up. Uh, so that you can exit in any of the directions. Uh, and you are sitting on a concrete floor uh, looking at this vast area. What you do notice, however, is that sweeping the floors in front of you guys are look like three janitors, except uh, as they stop their sweeping to look at you, their heads are not human. They are insectoids with a proboscis directly in front of them uh, that looks like it is very sharp and barbed and about the size of a pencil. Okay, then. I'm already aggressive, so I don't have to switch states. So this is going to be combat, and this is going to be the first time that we are dealing combat in this game. There is no initiative order as it goes, so the way that this one works is the players all take turns determined by themselves of who goes first and does what, uh, and you tell me what you do, and I react accordingly. Uh, so you can decide who's going to take the first actions among you and go from there. 
Okay, well, I know that I've been waiting for this to happen this whole time. Um, I'm going to switch to fire. I'm going to have, like, flames crawl up my arms and legs. How far away are they? Uh, probably about 20 feet. Enough that you can definitely get on them this turn. Okay. Um, as I'm, like, you know, covered in the, the fire that's, you know, not burning my clothes or anything because, you know, this is PG. Uh, I'm going to start advancing, like hop. I'm, gonna, I'm doing that little thing martial artists do when they hop a little bit as they head in. And uh, I'm going to close in on the closest one. Okay. And try to basically just drive its face up into its skull with a with like a flat hand. Okay. Uh, go ahead and make me a... You can use touch instead of meat for your combat rolls. So go ahead and make me a touch roll. Okay. Do I have to? Because my meat's better than my touch. Or your meat. You can use your meat. Whatever's higher. Okay. Uh, you nail this thing straight into its face. You actually managed to break its proboscis off. Uh, you are very confident that you have dealt a significant blow to it. Uh, you don't take any repercussions from it. Uh, this thing staggers back and it drops its mop uh, as it chitters angrily. Uh, but it doesn't, you drove it back far enough that as it's like blindly swiping at you, it's just just a little bit out of reach of your face. Okay. Uh, that would have done extra damage because of the fire. I am aware. Okay. It is definitely not dead yet. Uh, who's next? Have they made any aggressive moves towards us? Oh, they are very angry with you. They, You are making the logical assumption that this is what fed off of everybody that was in this building. Okay, I'm going to ready my rifle and I'm going to shoot at one. Okay. Uh, so for no you, time like the present. Uh, okay, so you're going to be uh, an edge or whatever your highest stat is. It should be your edge. Um, roll that. My sense is higher. Your sense is higher. Your synth is higher. Okay, let's go with synth. Yeah. Wow, good rolls That's for you guys. <laughs> uh, so you take aim with this thing and, and you sort of interface with it. You find a port on the back of it that can actually jack into your cyber eyes. Uh, so you run the little line from behind your ear straight into this thing and interface with it directly. And as you take sight, uh, you fire directly over Tia's shoulder into this thing's chest that Tia just lit up uh, and you explode it from the inside out as what looks like pure hard light uh, comes out of this gun uh, into this thing and just sort of bakes it alive. So now you only have two left. I, this is a good rifle. I'm, I'm pretty happy with this. And as the shot went over your shoulder, Tia felt just the tingling, like a tingling warmth, like a warm summer day, uh, sort of breeze past. All right. Who's next? I'm basically just going to try and stand in front of the squishies um, in protective stance. Okay. So you're going to basically be in charge of reducing harm that comes their way. Got it. All right. Gim, bananas. I'm sorry. I I am going to take use my magic, and I'm going to form a bowling ball, for lack of a better term. 
<laughs> okay. Uh, what type of energy are you summoning? Are you doing fire, air, water, I earth, or void? I am doing earth. I am okay. doing earth. All right. And so... Go ahead. And what I want to do is lob it to hit one of the other two so it holds them in place. Okay, so you're going for a grapple hold. Got it. So go ahead and roll me a touch check. Let's see what you can do. That's a good one. Uh, you managed to lob this thing. It looks like uh, exactly as you wanted it to be. It is a ball of of earth and mud uh, that you summon from the raw material of the aether. Uh, and you lob it at one of the ones on the left as it's just about to start making its way towards Tia. Uh, you definitely hit it. Uh, and as the force makes contact with the creature, you see it start to creep all over it uh, and sort of start solidifying it in place as if it was stuck in a very thick mud. Uh, you essentially have kept it from being able to do harm until it either frees itself or your spell decides to end, which you can do at any point in time. Or Tia kills it, you know. Or Tia thing. kills it, correct. All right, uh, that leaves bananas. What are you doing this turn? Uh, I'm just going to pull a heavy pistol from a shoulder holster and take aim at the one that was just blobbed with the, the earth mud. Okay. Uh, you can go ahead and roll me a synth check because I am assuming that you are cybernetically connected to your pistol in some manner. Sure. Seven. Okay, so this is a success but not an unmitigated success. Uh, so you achieve your objective. You manage to do damage. Are you doing the one that was held in place or the other one that's unharmed? The one that was held in place. Okay. Uh, so you manage to, to hit this thing. You hit it in the shoulder. It definitely screeches an incoherent babble in a language that you don't know. Uh, turns its beady bug eyes at you uh, and stares daggers. And you feel incredibly nauseous. Uh, so I need you to make me a meat check to stay on your feet, please. Four. You immediately fall to the ground. You don't take any harm uh, because the wave washes over a Marley before it gets to you. It doesn't seem to affect Marley, uh, but you just fall to your knees and you just vomit onto the ground. Just that hand sandwich again. I think I liked it better the first time. Yep, you definitely notice that bits of ham and cheese come up. All right, uh, so new round. The other one is, hasn't quite made the gap close yet. Uh, so who wants to start this time? I'm going to let somebody else go. I'm going to uh, pull another earthen bowling ball out of the uh, ether and lob it at the other one. Okay, go for it. Make me that lovely, lovely touch check. Whoo! Uh, yes. yes, you accomplish the same goal as this thing. It, it starts to run up towards Tia as it realizes that it's going to have to deal with that first before it gets to any of the rest of you. Uh, the bowling ball hits it smack in the head just before it gets into range uh, and it stops it dead in its tracks from moving. Uh, it is also held in place. Next up, uh, I'm going to get back up on my feet and kind of without looking at the creature because I know what happened last time I'm going to aim and have uh, Bowie do my aiming for me 
okay. and kind of like turn around and fire from behind me at the uh, the unblob. Or I guess they're both the remaining ones are blobbed. The same one I shot before. Okay. Go ahead and make me another synth check. Because of what happened last turn, we are going to subtract one from the total of whatever you roll uh, as you are at a minus one forward. So it was a six minus one. So that becomes a five. Uh, That is very, very bad. Uh, You actually managed to shoot Tia in the back of the shoulder. Tia will take one harm uh, from your small arms fire. Uh, No, I don't. Armor. You do have armor. Uh, You definitely feel it, though. My shoulder goes forward. I'm like, what the? And as you notice, Bananas, when your bullet hits, uh, it almost melts off the fire that is encasing Tia. Okay, next up. Since I'm mad that someone just shot me, I'm going to punch this thing in the face. Whichever one's closer, I don't know which is what. So yeah. I'm just going to go for the one that was closer. Okay, go ahead. Whew. Uh, you managed to not only crack this thing's like casing around it as you punch into the one that has already been damaged a few times, Uh you see that as the rock starts cracking and crumbling away from its flesh, so does its flesh start cracking and crumbling as your fire leaps from your fist where it made contact and just starts burning this thing uh, into ashen waste. Uh, Another one is down. Only one left. Next. This is going to be Val or Marley. I'm going to swing around it. I'm going to swing around and aim at it with my rifle, and I'm going to make, like, a concentrated effort to be sure no one is between me and it, because I saw I saw bananas, like, accidentally. Yeah, I'm going to try to avoid that. Okay. I'm over here where the other one was anyway. Yeah, You'd have so. to really shoot wide to hit me. Not that you can't do it, you know, but. I mean, a bad roll is a bad roll, but let's see how you do. Go ahead and roll me that synth. Not a bad roll. That's an 11. (laughs) Uh, You managed to level your shot. You actually take a knee over almost in like a uh, one of those soldier stances from the old movies. Uh, You sight down and you pull the trigger back. You squeeze it and another burst of light, this time crimson, uh, leaps from the barrel and blasts into the other one that was uh, held in place and you take its head completely clean off. Uh, you notice that the spell starts to flake away uh, and the body slumps down and it pools into that black goo, the same black goo you saw outside. Oh. Hmm. Is Some it, of these might have gotten so there's out. No- what was that? I, that? When I'm looking at the goo, I'm like, some of these might have gotten out. We saw goo like this upstairs. Outside of the of the door. Well, whatever got out is dead. Unless well, more of them one did. might have. Yeah. I think it's less. I think it's more less of it. these things got out. If I more think... of these things got out, we would have. We would have heard about them killing people. I mean, this is not a normal way to die. This would make. It's Nickel City. People get killed every day. I think it's less that one of these things got out and one of those things got out. And I gesture at the gun. 
And did did just the one I shoot turn into goo, or did the other two turn into goo? As you go and look, their bodies have also returned to the goo. Hmm. This is something that uh, Rosie might know. So why don't you make me a mind check, please, to see exactly how much you might know about this. I'm not sure I know very much. (laughs) You know enough uh, to basically ask the one important question is, what is this? This is something you've only read about, you've never seen. You think this might be corruption. This might be something from one of the Deep Ones. And the Deep Ones in this world are very much like Cthulhu and his brothers. Uh, They are corrupting forces from deep within the rift, like deep, deep in the rifts, uh, that seek to corrupt humanity or to gain a purchase on this plane of existence. Uh, You've only ever heard of it. Nobody has ever seen it. Uh, And the clerical orders of the magic school have basically put a moratorium on anybody asking questions about it. But this tracks. This is this seems like this all consuming corruption that might have taken a normal human and turned it into this thing. All right. So I'll relay that to the party. Okay. I'm like I go over to bananas. Really? It's the monkey's fault. It wasn't me, I swear. Bowie chitters at you and like very angrily for blaming him. Oh, hush now, Bowie. You know what you did. And and Bowie looks to, to UTN, sort of does the mea culpa with his with its hands. I'm not blaming the monkey. I look straight at the monkey. I know you didn't do it. I know he did it. He was on holding the gun. If you don't think you have a shot, don't shoot. And then I'd like just like walk off like, I can't believe you shot me. (laughs) All right. So you look around, you don't see any other uh, threats immediately, uh, but you do see those rooms uh, sort of set up those. They're they're almost like buildings in and of themselves. Uh, It looks like none of them have any windows and they all have sealed doors. What looks like biometric panels instead of knobs or locks. So it looks like something to scan there. Like a a hand scanner? Very much so, like a hand scanner. And those last guys all gooed? They are all very gooed. I don't know if I say they're that good. I was going to say, can I make a perception check? Because they made noise. (laughs) They did. Um, They did make noise. You can see if you can try to identify it. You don't know that you can, but you can give it a shot. You can give a mind check. You're relatively confident it was deep speech, uh, basically the language of the old gods. You don't know what they were saying. It's not something you've ever studied. It's very highly forbidden. Uh, but it's the only thing that makes sense that the way that the language was constructed was very, it was almost like a corrupted version of Elvish, very flowy, but also with weird, harsh edges around it. But you still don't know what they were saying. 
do I, I have a sense of whether it was like a help or it was just an exclamation. You think it was just an exclamation. Okay. Okay. So there are, as you look around, there are exactly eight buildings all set out. looks like across from each other. If you were to draw lines from them, you would be able to make an octagon, right? Um, So you can go to any of them. There's, we'll just call them buildings one through eight. You tell me which ones you want to go investigate and how you want to get in. Is the elevator right in the center? It is exactly in the center. Uh, I'd like to send Sammy doing a loop around to just see if any of the doors look different or if there's any sign of traffic at any of the doors more than any of the others. Uh, Okay, go ahead and make me a synth check with a plus one for Sammy. Uh, I'm sorry, an edge check with a plus one for Sammy. This is going to be an assessor roll. That is a 10. Okay. Uh, Sammy comes back. Everything is as spotless as it was everywhere else. It doesn't look like there's any signs of heavy traffic. Uh, It actually looks like the floors were very recently waxed. Uh, So if there was any traffic, it was completely almost erased would be the best way to put it. Uh, You make the assumption that these things, despite being corrupted, were still trying to perform their main task. Uh, The janitor uniforms make you think that they were part of the cleaning crew. So they were probably maintaining this office in all of its aspects. Oh, are there any uh, robots coming for the sludge? Nope. There are no robots coming for the sludge. Janitorial staff did not deserve to be treated like this. That's why it's important Uh, to disinfect, folks. (laughs) Uh. Thermographic vision. Take a glance around. Do I see any heat signatures or does it look like anybody or anything is inside any of these rooms? Uh, You see some very big heat signatures from three, five, and eight. Uh, Everything else seems pretty cold. So what do you guys want to do? I'm going to tell everyone that there are heat signatures in three, five and eight, but didn't see anything else. All right. Let's, uh, let's go to three then. Lucky number three. See what's happened. Okay. Lucky number three. You got up to the door. It has that same biometric lock as all the others that you've, you've sort of looked at. Uh, you're relatively confident that it's it's not as difficult as some of the other things here. This does look very electronic, very advanced, but not so advanced that it's not child's play for you to pop the lock and, and sort of bypass it. Uh, Bananas reaches into the in your bag, pulls out a couple things that look like synth skin, lay it over the scanner, uh, and go through an entire spectrum array of programs until it hits the right combination and the door slides open with a hiss. This building that lays before you is very brightly lit uh, and actually looks like it has a green space in it. Uh, Looks like there are very tall trees, shrubs, uh, looks like a garden of various fruits and vegetables uh, going every which way. uh, And there are creatures here that you have never seen before. Uh, What looks like a combination of a deer and a dog grazing uh, as it's moving through 
this area. Birds are flying from tree to tree, chittering in weird languages, but instead of having actual taloned feet, it almost looks like they have human hands, small, tiny human hands, uh, which freaks you right out. Um, and this looks like it's probably a good 300 feet long by about maybe 100 feet wide corridor of nothing but wild creatures that look like they're all in, in sort of an ecosystem together in various wild spaces. And as you look closer, it looks like there are different tiny little biomes. Like one area of this is a little swampy. The other one is a little more foresty. One's a little more plainsy. Uh, so it looks like whatever this was had to do with some form of bioengineering. And you think that it's probably more than just the animals that have been tinkered with. That is creepy. So what's got human hands? Several of the birds have human hands instead of talon feet. So they've got opposable thumbs and everything. Okay. All right, then. That I'm sorry. Something. I'm just fixated on that now. Like, that's so <laughs> creepy. Ew. Unless there's a reason I can't do it, like one of these people is in that place, I'm going to reach over and make sure that the door closes now. Yeah, you are all sort of horror struck at like taking in all of the sights, and Tia just kind of reaches over, takes the synth skin off of the the uh, the pad, and the door slides shut again and seals itself. I'm okay with this. Yeah, I think I think that was for the best. Thank you, Tia. What the hell let's, was that? Let's go horrify ourselves with another room now, then. Three is not a luck number. Oh. <laughs> I, I, no, no. Three is no longer my lucky number. So now you have five and eight that also had heat signatures, plus all the others that did not have heat signatures. Can uh, Let's check four on the way to five. Okay. Uh, you do the same thing. Uh, four pops open. It looks like this one is more of a chemical lab, uh, roughly the same size as all the others, uh, as far as what you can tell. Uh, but you get the distinct impression that this is probably where they did a whole bunch of extractions. Uh, you do see gurneys and what look like surgical tables lining the center of it. Uh, as you take a slightly closer look, not quite breaching the door yet, they almost look like something you would have seen in a comic book, like a sacrificial altar. Uh, looks like there are holes and lines to drain fluid uh, at what would be essentially the chakra points and the adepts would know this immediately. It looks like uh, if something were to have holes driven through them at these points, it would not just drain fluid, but probably you think that there was some arcane ritual draining energy from them as well. Well, I have to say that um, I didn't get to this class yet. You definitely have this, not. This feels more DIY. This is like uh, one of those Matrix casters. Like, hi, it's me, Holly. Today we're going to learn how to sacrifice people. <laughs> By the way, don't watch those. They're horrible. So are you guys actually going to go in and investigate, or are you going to hang out the door still? I'm going to take one of the bread rolls <clears throat> from the dinner that's just in one of my pockets and toss it in first to see if anything happens. Uh, the dinner roll plops to the floor and just kind of lays there. Nothing happens. It's probably pretty hard by now. 
It's just a day old. It's his own personal food. Door. He I took it from the dinner, so... I very slowly closed the door. Okay, unless you're oh. going to unless you're going to stop her. No, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop her. I'm gonna say I'm gonna. We just need to rifle around in some of the stuff first. There might be something Why? interesting in here. Keep, we were told to get stuff. You've got stuff on you right now. You've got like you know she's got a a freaking gun that shoots magic. She's got magic grenades. I don't you think you under. I don't think you understand how messed up it is to drain somebody's chakras. That's yeah this... beyond. This is if, literally taking people, turning people into fuel. This, this seems is. like they. This is what three. They took people in here, and then those people are in number three next door. Well, those people are dead. Straight up, they're dead. Anybody who went into here and went on that table is dead. That shit would kill you. You don't. If you have your chakra drain, you are dead. There's they no. They might have repurposed those hands, though. They might, or, or I don't know. I, that's that's beyond me. But dead. Like, I and, don't think and not not just find not like in here. Not like not like I just kill you. Not like I drive a nice pick through your brain or punch you really hard. I want you to imagine, very slowly screaming as everything that makes you who you are is torn out of your body in little freaking pieces, and you're aware that it's happening. As this is being described by Tia, uh, Rory, Rosie gets a little bit of a ping in like her arcane senses. Something in this room is still radiating us a, a low level like hum of magic. Wait, there's magic in here. Uh, oh, mm. Can I tell which direction it's from? Straight ahead. It looks like maybe about 50, 60 feet into the room. There looks like there's a, a desk that you can see from here. There's a desk. Okay. Cover me. I, I'm going to go rifle the desk. I walk in ahead of her. Just like kind of beside myself and shivering the whole time. I don't like it in here either, but there's something in the desk. Isn't there magic everywhere? Like it's one of those spiritual things. Yeah, 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 like, but, but this is concentrated. Ever... Concentrated. I can feel it. I'm going to turn to the other two. It's only one person gets to do something stupid per room, so you guys stay out here, all right? <laughs> oh, fun. You're no fun. I didn't do anything stupid in the last room. I'm not saying. I'm just saying one person gets to in every room, and right now it's 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 that one. So you two wait for the next one, I guess. And then you I can. I mean, if you want to go back to the the first room with the hand birds and do something stupid in there, you can. Just just going, just knowing that that exists was the stupid move for all of us. Okay, you, you start making your way through the room, Rosie, and it definitely feels off. Uh, Marley feels it probably deep inside of her bones. This is definitely not a good place, uh, if that wasn't clearly apparent. It, it, 
the creepy vibes, the, the chill on your back, that is ever present here. As you make your way to the desk, though, nothing bothers you. Uh, it looks like several of the beakers and jars are lined around the, uh, along the wall are, are still intact. You do notice that it looks like there are the classic sort of B-movie horror uh, jars with like weird small organs and different various fluids and chemicals. But as you reach the desk, the desk is oddly serene. It's perfectly organized. It is completely clean. And laying directly in the center of it, you feel the source of the magic. It is a tome, an ancient tome bound in what feels almost like black metal. Uh, It doesn't have any inscriptions on it. But next to it looks like there is a set of papers as if somebody was attempting to translate whatever was in the book into something usable. And you notice, and you would be able to speak this because it is one of the things that is, is fairly common, it is written in the flowing script of Elvish. Th- this place existed before elves were a thing in this world. Mark Barley, we got to take this. important. I start scooping up everything and like handing it to her like come on let's go let's go get the thing let's go as you touch the book uh, you have a momentary like almost like lapse like you see Rosie sort of loses herself and sort of like drops a little bit uh, and Rosie is just her eyes have rolled back she's gone right the second Rosie you see visions of a horrific battlefield it looks like people being burned alive and flayed and and being put on pikes. Uh, And you see an image of, as you look up into the sky of this, this reddish purplish hue of just fires raging everywhere. A very distinct form flies overhead. It is the shadow of a gigantic dragon uh, that is just laying waste to this battlefield. And it is a battlefield. As you look closer, you swing your vision down of elves in mithril plate and uh, robes of arcane creation that are just being laid waste to. Um, you feel the pain and ache in every fiber of your being, but you can also feel the sickness of being oversaturated with arcane energies, similar to as if you had a hangover or, or had just had too much fireball and, and you got that burn in the back of your throat and you come back to after about a minute, it's a good minute that you're just laying in Marley's arms uh, and you just stare down at the book uh, as it sort of just quietly pulses almost as if it has a heartbeat. Um, Would I know this from my history studies at, at school? Nope. This has never been something that's been brought up in any of the history classes or books that you've read. Um, is there like a chair at the desk or something like that? Yeah, there's a there's a looks like a leather task chair. Okay, I'm going to very gently set uh, Rosie in the chair and get her backpack and try to not touch anything and just try to sh- like not touch the book, maybe like touch the pages and try and shove that all in her backpack while she's kind of sitting in the chair and passed out. Yeah, you do that, no problem. It takes literally two minutes, and then Marley's back. Or, um, Rosie's back, and just kind of, like, looking at the book in her hands. 
okay, we got everything. Can you can you walk? Are we are we okay? Can we go? Can we go? Well, we we that that way. Um, can I hold your arm? Just yeah, yeah. Let's, let's just get out of here. We, we gotta get out of here. We gotta get out of here. All right, you make your way out a little shaky. Uh, you guys see, see, see one stupid thing. Uh, I don't know if it's stupid. I don't know if this is a vision of what's to come, or a vision of what happened. I've never. I don't know any history about this. That this has all got to go. We got. We. Yeah. Okay. Breathe. 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 Yeah. By the time you get back to the door with everybody, you can stand on your own two feet. The sickness has, has sort of faded. Um, you got that aftertaste in the back of your throat of just a little bit too much power. Uh, basically, it reminds you of your first days as, as a, an alkalite uh, in the school, learning how to harness arcane energy when you just pushed yourself too far and got got very almost like light sick. That's what it feels like to you right now. All right. What do you guys want to do next? Close the door. Yeah, you take the synth skin off. It slides closed and seals itself again. See, I we were heading towards. We we're heading towards five, right? Unless you guys are changing your plan, that was what you said. Oh, and what? I uh, warn Rosie that uh, I put the book in there, so don't touch it again, because that's what happened. You touched the book like an idiot, and. Yeah, so it's in there now. So we have it. But it's so. knowledge. It's not knowledge. Let's go. <laughs> how how much do I know about Vinny? I mean, is this a good guy, an okay guy, a super evil, murderous guy? Well, he's a criminal. Well, he is a criminal, but you know, well, to- everyone's everyone's a criminal. Uh, Vinny works. Pretty much. Vinny, Vinny mainly works as a handler for the Todaro family. Uh, they're a very old family, but they are very, for lack of a better term, honorable criminals would be the most apt description. They don't murder people. They don't pay for murders or hits like other families do. Uh, they're mainly information brokers. Uh, they generally work uh, to get information ahead of time, sell it to the best bidders or highest bidders, uh, and they engage in a lot of corporate corporate espionage to keep things even they're the main family that sort of keeps the corpse from taking over the the nickel city as a whole um he's always been upfront and honest uh in fact you've been to a family barbecue of his at one point because you didn't know what else to do and he invited you and the food was good uh but he's he's generally a pretty stand-up guy it's also the tia would know this too it's the only reason tia has ever agreed to work with with Vinny is because he's never ordered a hit. He's never ordered anybody dead. And, and one point in time when somebody of his employee did murder somebody, they disappeared. You don't know what happened to them, but it was not something they handled lightly. They don't kill people. Yeah. I don't work for the other families for that reason. I don't kill people for money. If I kill somebody, it's because they made me. Yeah, I was just wondering if Vinny was the sort of guy who definitely did not want to get their hands on this, but maybe he's okay. Okay. If anything, uh, you you make the assumption that Vinny probably in the family that he works for probably wants to keep this away from everybody else. Okay, that's that's cool. As cool as this terrifying place 
biscuits. Okay. All right. You guys head over to five. You do the same does, thing. Does uh, Rosie relate anything she saw when she's holding I'm the books? Or does to, she just... I'm going to give them kind of a brief synopsis. Okay. I give you a very flat look when you're talking about the ancient elves. And I say, there are no ancient elves. And I'm, since I don't know if I ever mentioned this before, I am, I am an elf. So when I say that, I, I kind of have a really incredulous look on my face. Yeah, you didn't mention it earlier. You sort of brush your hair back and, and point to your yeah. your ear. My mother was the first elf born in our family. There weren't any elves before that. Yeah, and that I mean, you know, that, that was like that was like the twenty twenties. I mean, yeah, but that was after the the whole deal with the, the sixth world happening. I mean, before that, the fifth world, they didn't have anything like us. Didn't have elves, didn't have magic, didn't have nothing. I don't know what that book could be from. I don't know what this place is or how it exists. Nothing here makes any sense to me. And that tracks with everything you know, Rosie, too, from your studies. Uh, you would you would know that that there was nothing until the event of any of the other races. Uh, only like children's stories and like cartoons and an old role playing game that people used to roll dice and pretend they were elves and orcs. Uh, but nothing nothing like this. Alright. Anything else before you guys get to the fifth door? Okay. You do the same thing. The door rolls back, and this looks like... It, the best way I can describe it to you is if you've ever seen the movie Aliens, it looks like a chamber full of sleeping pods. Uh, it is opens to oddly a circular room, despite the outside being very boxy and square. Uh, and it looks like there are a number of pods sort of arranged in small clusters of circles. Uh, it looks like they are still beeping and humming away. And this, this has almost like a, it, it, it definitely has a heat signature from all the machines running. But as you open the door, you feel almost like a cool chill uh, as if something is being chilled or maintained here at a lower temperature. Nobody's danger sense is triggering as far as magic goes. Uh, this looks like it is almost pure tech. I'm going to walk in and to the nearest pod and kind of like see if I can see anyone inside. You brush back a layer of ice and it looks like there are mummified remains inside of this one suspended in uh, a pinkish fluid, um, which is very, very odd. And as you take a closer look as it sort of bobs there, you do notice that it has the same uh, proboscis hole in the neck. Um, as he does this, <clears throat> I nod it to you and say, I got the last one. So. Uh, fine. I'll go in. Uh, Val is going to go in and, like, check the next, uh, the next. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Next. We only need one person coming in here doing something stupid. <gasps> we could get through looking at this faster. You got a robot dog. Have person. the robot dog come in. <laughs> Can can Sammy go in and see if there's anyone in all the chambers? I mean, Tammy. Uh, I kind Sammy, of assumed they were. I, I assumed they were kind of higher up. That yeah, he he could go and sniff them, but he won't be able to see inside of them. I'll pick the dog up. And <laughs> show <it>. <laughs> <laughs> we're not bringing a bunch of people in here to get murdered. That's not how this works. Yeah. Okay. 
Sammy's going to go in and sniff around each of the chambers. I will lift the robot dog up and show it. <laughs> there, look inside. <laughs> okay, you guys go through. Who's a good boy or girl? Sammy doesn't seem to mind being picked up by Tia. Um, so that's pretty much par for the course. It is very basset houndy in shape. Uh, so it is a little bit, you know, hard to hold. But you manage. Uh, you guys make it through. There's about 50 pods in this room. Uh, of them, 45 of them are exactly like the first one you saw. They're, they're desiccated husks of people inside of it. Uh, three of the remaining five do have what look like organic material in them, but it looks like it's been broken down. Uh, so it is essentially like that same blackish goo uh, sort of hanging out inside of the suspended pink fluid. The last two you get to... The first one looks like it is an incredibly deformed humanoid. Uh, it looks like it has been grafted with all sorts of animal parts. Uh, it does not have any semblance of life. In fact, you see a panel at the side of it that has uh, essentially like a, a life meter uh, or a, a medical readout that says whether or not the, the subject is alive. Uh, it has no readout whatsoever, but it looks like it has the head of a lion, uh, claws of like from a, some form of lizardy thing. Uh, looks like its chest has been completely replaced by like a silverback gorilla. It is a mishmash of just different animal parts loosely assembled into a humanoid frame. Um, you think that it is a blessing that this thing is dead because its life could not have been anything other than excruciating. The last one you get to, you move the ice back and it looks like there is a perfectly healthy, uh, very thin human female suspended in the fluid. Uh, her hair is dark and floating. It uh, looks like it's just large enough to be a bob cut. Um, she's completely naked head to toe. Um, and just suspended in what looks like, uh, for lack of a better term, it's almost like amniotic fluid. What has she got for ears? Human ears. Her readout shows that she is alive. And she's the only thing that's alive in all of the pods? Correct. So what is what makes her special? Why is she the only one? Is there any file cabinets or anything around? None that you can see. Is there a computer in here? There is a computer in here. Each each of the pods has its own computer. Uh, can I hack in and see if there's any data on her? You absolutely can. Uh, you hack into this pod's terminal. It's child's play for you. It takes no time whatsoever. And this is experimentation project D. It looks like everybody inside of this pod... Uh, was in various stages of bioengineering tampering in some manner or form. Um, they are not referred to as volunteers. Uh, they are just referred to as subjects. So there is probably some questionable gathering of these folks. Uh, even back then, they were probably vagrants or uh, runaways or homeless uh, children that they, they took. Uh, you find the individual readout for this particular pod. It has a single name, an age, and that's it. And it looks like she was untouched. She hadn't been experimented on yet. The name readout is Jessica, and she is 21. Is there anything on the mishmash thing next to her? Uh, that is experimentation E. It just says biografting, subject Justin, age 38. 
Well, it says, the pod says her name is Jessica, and in theory, nothing has been done to her. But that can't, like, I find that hard to believe if she's the only thing left alive in all of this. We could try waking her up, taking her with us. That's up to you guys. What do you want to do? Uh, we should walk back to the door and talk with everybody. Cause... Yeah, let's just, well, for the sake of, of, of expediency, you can talk freely with the party. Well, how do you guys feel about waking up this random person in this creepy monster factory? She doesn't look like a monster. I mean, we can't. We can't just leave a person. It doesn't feel right to leave somebody like that. Yeah. I was hired to keep you three alive. I wasn't hired to get somebody else out of here. You know literally nothing about that person. What if they got a disease that's going to spread to everybody in the city? I know literally nothing about you, and that hasn't stopped us so far. If I had a disease that was going to spread to everybody in the city, it probably would already happen since I've been in the city already, haven't I? Like, you've seen what they're doing around here. You're going to tell me you know for a fact that they ain't done anything to her? Or why she's even in that tube? What they were planning to do? Maybe they if hadn't gotten If we're going to wake her out of this thing, my suggestion is to do it after. Agreed. Not now. Because you want to look she at all this other stuff, right? Or she might not. And if she doesn't have information, we're going to have to carry her around. For all matter... What's she going to wake up like? Is she going to be able to walk? Or are we dragging her out of here? Not saying you have to leave her. I'm saying if you're going to wake her up, you have to think about that. Like, this might be the last thing we do. If you decide to wake her up, we may have to leave immediately. What if you wake her up and she starts having a freaking heart attack? I, I don't know about you. I've never been in a tube for 80 years. Good point. We should check the other the other heat source at least, see what else is here. Okay. Is that what you guys are going to do? Yeah, let's do that first. Okay. You make your way over to the eighth building. Of, it's larger than the others by an order of magnitude. Uh, it looks like it dominates uh, pretty much the, no the entire northern section of this, this bunker area. Uh, the door here is double wide compared to the others. Uh, and it looks like it has two biometric scanners that need to be bypassed. Uh, one There's on either a giant side of the monster room. in there. Maybe. Um, that's what that's Tia's literally holding her head with one <laughs> hand. And like, There's a giant monster in there. Uh, Bananas goes and, and rigs the door up and gets it open. Uh, and as it slides open, uh, lights flicker on and you see uh, what looks like a gigantic whale tank. Uh, full of of that amniotic fluid style things, uh, and it goes floor to ceiling of this space, all the way back and dominated. And standing in front of it are four sentry robots. That as soon as you open the door, uh, click to life, and they look very much like almost smaller versions of Ed Two Hundred Nine from from RoboCop. Uh, and they chitter in a language that you are not familiar with. Uh, Is it what the bug things were talking? It is not the same language, no. Uh, but they were to life, and you see that they have those same type of guns that Val is holding, and they start to light up and charge up. It's not Elvish, is it? If it is, it's a dialect you are not familiar with. 
To be fair, I don't even know if I would speak Elvish. You would, yeah. All right, you guys are in combat again. Who's first up? I will form another um, uh, earthen bowling ball and try and aim it more for the the chest area where the the guns are trying to, of of one of them. We'll we'll just say number one, trying to um, adhere the gun to the chest in addition to adhering them to the floor. Okay. Go ahead and roll me a touch check. Let's see how good you are at magic today. Magic. Well, uh, average. So what's going to wind up happening here is it's average. You're correct. Uh, you do accomplish your goal, but there is a complication. So you manage to gum up its guns, but not before one stray bolt uh, lets loose and you will take one harm. Uh, does your character have any... Uh, armor, I don't believe you do. I do not. Okay, so you are going to take one harm. Now, harm in this game is bad. Um, It doesn't get real bad until you take uh, three harm. You don't want to take more than that. Um, You can try to heal yourself later. You are magical, so you can try to do that in your next next order of operations if you want. Uh, But you guys all see that one of the shots bolts out of this machine uh, and just slams Rosie uh, smack dab in the chest, and Rosie just recoils back a little bit as there's a small smoking hole in her her clothing. Next. Well, this is going to cost something to get fixed. I'm going to shove Rosie behind me and because I'm still in protect, like I've been in protective this whole time. Sure. Um, I'm going to do restoration on her and roll for whatever. Uh, that'll be your touch. So that's a six. Yeah, unfortunately, you try to push your energy uh, by channeling essentially uh, the elemental power of of water, of healing into Rosie. uh, But whatever did this wound is resisting it. Uh, You can't actually heal that harm. You feel it sort of push back against you uh, no matter how hard you try. And as I touch her, I try to shove her behind me and just kind of. Yep. How far away are these things? Uh, probably about 40 feet, give or take. That would probably not be something I could clear in the amount of time to actually hit them. You could. Your you, your physical ability is well above a normal human because of your training. Uh, you could clear okay. about 60 feet a turn. Then I'm going to... Um, what's the area look like? Uh, looks very Spartan, very, very clear. Uh, there are data terminals, uh, look like a line in the wall and the tank. Uh, but these things look like to be the only fixture besides those. Uh, and they look like they are detaching from look, look like floor pods, uh, where they is were there anything like, is there anything like, um, poles or like lights above them or like any kind of framework above them or around them or anything like that? As you look around, you do notice that there are several uh, illumination devices, very similar to what the hallway was like, with giant cabling going between them, and it does look like there is cabling running along the base of the floor uh, here and there. Uh, there are okay. no poles, well, though. What I'm thinking of doing is anything that's like, I'm basically going to like be parkour and gymnasticking off of stuff. So like the first thing I see that's tall enough to get to, I'm going to jump to that, run along the cable jump off of that cable and come down on top of one 
basically from above it, if that's possible. I don't absolutely. know what the layout is well enough. Yeah, absolutely. And when I come down on it, I'm going to try... I'm going to be switching to balanced. Okay. So um, I'm not going to be going with aggressive, so I won't be doing the extra harm. That's fine. But uh, I am still going to try and... Uh... Actually, no, I can't, because I can't use elemental expression when I'm not aggressive. Hmm... So yeah, I have to stay aggressive. Unfortunately, that's not that's bad for me. But uh, yeah, I will drop down on the one, and I'm gonna basically I'm still using electricity because they're robots, and uh, I'm gonna try and just pop the head. Does it have a head of any kind? Anything that looks like a sensor pod? Yeah, it does. It looks like it has a a central sensor pod like just above the torso, um, vaguely humanoid in shape. Yeah, I'm going to try and drop down on it on effectively its back or shoulders, however it, it works, and uh, bring my hands down to hit that and use the force from that to backflip me so that I'm behind it. Like I come down on the ground behind it so that it'll have to turn around to attack me and thus not be facing them. Okay, uh, go ahead and make me a mix it up roll. Make that meat, that beautiful, beautiful meat roll. Yeah, Anna's totally right. Mead is the best stuff. <laughs> Mead. Uh, unmitigated success. You are going to get a bonus effect. So besides the harm, uh, you can do something else with this thing. So because it's electricity, uh, what would you like to have an additional effect? I want to throw its sensors off, off kilter so it can't target. Like that's the reason I attacked the sensor pod. So it's un unable to like lock on to anything to fire its weapons. Okay. Uh, so you wind up dealing an additional three harm to this thing for what it already took. Uh, it looks completely devastated. As uh, your electricity flows into it and fries the sensors, it swings around towards one of its companions and lets loose a burst uh, from its cannons. Uh, and deals harm to its friend before it shudders into uh, non-functionality. So one's down and another one is injured. Next. I'm going to send Bowie to one of the uh, uninjured ones. Brian, get me a hacking connection. Okay. Uh, so this is going to be two different roles. Uh, we are going to do... Edge for Bowie first to see if Bowie can make it there to see if it gives you any sort of bonus. Seven. Okay. Uh, Bowie is able to get onto the one that is damaged, but not before being seen uh, by one of the other ones. Bowie is going to wind up taking two harm as it sort of shoots uh, through Bowie's leg, uh, he is definitely injured. This is going to be the last turn for right now until you fix Bowie that you can get a plus one for your synth check. Uh, okay. So he does manage to make the connection, uh, and you can try to hack into the into that one. So go ahead and make so me another, a synth roll. So plus three because of Bowie. Because of Bowie, correct. Ten. Okay, successful. Um, you get a little bit of a feedback. Uh, do you have any armor? I have zero armor. Okay. You are also going to take a harm as sort of your deck feeds back to you, probably a result of Bowie's injury causing a, an impure connection. Uh, but you managed to get into it. What was the goal of your hacking? What did you want to do? Uh, use it to shoot one of the other ones. 
Okay. Uh, that is successful. It manages to, you were it the other way. It shoots another one of its companions. Nice. Okay. Uh, that leaves Liz. What does Val do? Uh, she's going to aim for one of the uninjured ones and kind of try and aim for its sensor pod. Okay. Uh, go ahead and make me a synth check. That's an 11. Also very good. So you are going to be able to do a couple different things here. Uh, you can have an additional effect. You can deal additional harm. Uh, if you want, which will take this gun from three to four harm, which is very, very good. Uh, or you can have a different effect of something else you want to accomplish, like disabling something or anything along those lines. I want to disable its sensors so it can't tell where any of us are. It can't fire or target us. Okay. Uh, it looks very, very bad off. Uh, it does not feel happy at all, and you're pretty sure you dealt a devastating blow to it. Uh, it does not whir around and fire at its companions, but you are 99% sure that you have completely blinded this thing. Excellent. Okay. I, I really like this rifle. I'm going to like say that aloud. <laughs> okay. Uh, the next one, uh, next round of combat. So who is up? Who wants to go first? Do I still have control of the one thing? Uh, you do. You'd have to make another check to see if you can get it to do what you want it to do because its programming is going to fight you. Okay. Uh, then I'm going to get it to uh, charge into one of the other ones. Okay. And kind of uh, like knock them both off kilter. All right. Go ahead and make me another synth check, but you're not going to get the Bowie bonus. We could be heroes. <laughs> Only four. That's not good at all. Uh, so that is a extreme failure, uh, which means I get to take a hard move against you. Uh, as you go to work to try to take control of this thing, it snaps out of your control and crushes Bowie. Uh, Bowie is not dead, uh, at least not in any terms, but everything on Bowie except for Bowie's head is non-functional uh, and it flings Bowie back towards you. You are going to be at a minus one forward for the duration of this encounter because of the feedback from what happened through your connection to Bowie. Ow. Hard moves, man. Oh. Uh, yeah, you see Bowie's just flung back at you, uh, and you guys see the, the robot uh, simian almost near lifeless form just lands at Banana's feet. Next up. Okay, someone killed the monkey? One of the robots, the robot that it, it was climbing all over, uh, pretty much, for all intents and purposes, destroyed the monkey. These things have big robot legs. They do. I'm literally going to shear my hand, you know, the whole electrical crackling thing, going to shear it like a knife edge right through the joint on its leg so that it drops onto the ground where I can kick its, like, robot face in. All I, right. I like the monkey. Well, we'll see how I roll. This may be another huge failure if I roll as well as Corey did. <laughs> Go ahead and, and uh, mix it up for me. Get that meat check. How many are still left up? 
three on all various states of damage. Uh, yeah, so not only do you break this thing's leg, you get the additional effect. What we, what do you want to do? I'm literally going to crush the entire, like, everything that where I believe its processors and so forth are right into the ground. Like, I'll actually use the, the electrical force to, like, like, like a thunder wave from D&D, because that's you know, where I'm going here, to smash it down into the floor so it literally can't move anymore. You reach out and, and touch this thing and send all of your energy into it, fueled by the rage of seeing Bowie go down in such a, a crumpled heap. You liked that monkey. That monkey was nice to you. You was the only nice people person here. You actually magnetize this robot uh, with the force of your electrical current and you drive it into the ground. As you do so, you take your other fist and vibrate straight through its sensor core into its control nodule and you rip it out as if you were ripping out the beating heart in a Kung Fu movie. Uh, and this thing whirs and, and struggles and eventually just starts to crumple as it can, it can no longer resist uh, as it almost implodes on itself from the force of what you just did to it with its, its sort of magnetis, magnet, uh, magnetic force. Uh, and what is laying at your feet now is a smoldering carcass that looks like a million tin cans that just got crushed and dumped at your feet. Bowie has been avenged. Next. We still have one that's undamaged, right? No, you have two that are remaining, but both are damaged. One from getting shot from its friend and the other one from you blasting it with the gun. That one is blind. Uh, I want to shoot the one that is not blind and try to blind it. Okay. Go ahead and make me a synth check, please. That's an 11. Uh, you Everybody but Corey is on fire. I know, seriously. <laughs> uh, you blast straight through this thing's core. It doesn't have enough harm left to survive the shot. Uh, describe okay. to me how you finish it. How, what does your shot do? Uh, it goes straight for where the thing's processors are and goes, like, burning right through it into, like, a shower of sparks and parts. As an additional bonus, you unlock a secret from this gun. As you are interfaced with it, you notice that you can actually try to tell it what type of energy you want it to shoot. It will almost act like a magic missile, but you get to choose the force type or power type that it expels. So now, moving forward, each round, you can tell me what type of damage you want to do of any of the elemental forces. I really like this gun. Okay, there is one left. It is blind. It is stomping around. It is making all sorts of wavy motions with its gun hands. Uh, the last two up are going to be uh, Marley and Rosie. Who wants to go first and what do you want to do? I'm going to say, well, heck it then. Or whatever the... the sh there's like shadow and curses. I'm not sure what they are. Um, and I'm going to switch from protective to aggressive. Okay. And then I'm just going to try and punch its face. Okay. Go ahead and make me a meat check for mix it up. Meat check. It can be touch if your touch is higher. If your touch is higher, you can use touch. Yes. I just wanted to say meat check. 
That's a meat check one. Check one. That's an eight. Okay, that's going to be a success, but there is going to be a repercussion. Uh, you... If she went aggressive, it should be a nine. Assuming her meat's a two. Her meat should be a two. So, just that's a point. Yep. Just letting you know that's a nine. Yep. Uh, you go ahead and describe to me how you finish this thing off, because it is damaged to the point where it's not going to survive. I'm just going to run, like, a lot... <laughs> I'm just gonna kind of like shrug and just run up and like punch it um and I'm just gonna like knock it down and say okay come on let's let's come on let's go okay so you wind up coming through you leap through the air you do what's called a hammer kick straight down onto this thing you basically shear its entire sensor pod and, and chest in half um, because you are aggressive, you do deal additional harm, but you also take minus one armor while you are in this stance, which means you are going to suffer a harm unless you are wearing any additional armor. Are you wearing anything other than street gear? You tell me. Nope. Okay. So you are also going to take a harm as you finish this thing off. And you guys are left in the relative calm after the, the storm, so to speak. Uh, the robots have been completely dismantled, uh, and Bowie is still chittering. Its head looks like it's still functional. It didn't crush its central processor, but his body is just toast. So he is easily repaired. Uh, can I scavenge enough parts from the variety of robots and the stuff that I grabbed earlier and you are uh, fix them up? You are relatively confident you can. It's going to take longer than you probably have down here, and you likely are going to need your your machine lab that's inside of your van. Okay. Okay. So you are left with a room uh, filled with terminals and a whale tank. What do you do? Uh, I'm going to look at the whale tank. What's in the whale tank? Captain, there be whales in here. Uh, <laughs> you can't really see th too far into it. Uh, looks like the amniotic fluid is really, really thick and it's not lit up yet. Um, bananas could go over to one of the terminals and, and flip the lights on if you want. I'm backing the heck out of this room. I'm not staying anywhere near the whale tank, especially after these robots were shooting and stuff near it. I'm going to go back to the doorway. Okay. Let's, uh, uh, let's turn some lights on see what happens. Thermographic vision to see if I see anything in the tank. Oh, yeah, there is a massive heat signature here. Uh, as the lights flip on, you notice that the tank starts to illuminate. Uh, and inside of it suspended is the first time any of you have ever seen this. The only thing that can be described as a dragon. Half of its flesh has been rotted off, and it looks relatively skeletal in nature. Uh, it is gleaming black scales uh, in the light, and it looks like it is hooked up to all sorts of machinery, almost like breathers and, and tubes uh, that are connected to the actual fleshy bits or going in through uh, the bone into organs. You can still see beating hearts, uh, uh, multiple hearts. They look like human hearts, which is many of them and bigger. It looks like there's four of them. Uh, you can see what look like humanoid lungs uh, with a third lung that is completely charred black. Uh, looks like they are still operating. Uh, it, it does not look like this thing is bleeding per se, uh, but it is, it is definitely here. 
and you are all in a relative shock as you have never you've heard of dragons. You've never actually met one. There's rumors that several of the uh, corporation heads uh, like Aztec Corp uh, are actually run by what are literal dragons. But nobody's ever believed it before. You have does undeniable it, proof that dragons exist now. Does it look like the vision? Yes. Yes, it does. So it, 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 it looks like the, the dragon I saw in the vision. Well, wherever it came from, I'm kind of feeling likely that this is where they're getting chemical Z. It's probably a pretty good guess. Okay. Um, well, way over my pay grade at this point. Uh, let's go grab your little girl if we're going to grab her and get the F out of here. So I'm going to need two things to happen as you guys are leaving. One, Rosie, I need you to make a mind check, please. Okay. And bananas, I need you to make a meat check at minus one. It was nice knowing you, bananas. Well, it was nice knowing the monkey. It's a four. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> you don't die, you don't take harm, but as you're disconnecting from the terminal, you see the tank start to drain. Ooh. Hey, uh, Close the door. Guys? The the water. I'm physically grabbing him. Yep. Let's Where go is it? Now. Where is it? Is it like draining onto the floor, or is it like you, going into something? It's going into something you can't tell. It's not like draining into the floor. It looks like the tank is draining. Okay. There's probably a reservoir system somewhere for this stuff, uh, and it starts to just drain away. Let's go now. Like right now. Like right, right this now. second. Right now. Right. Let's go faster. Uh, you guys haul haul ass out of there. Uh, Hold on, we're hauling ass over. Do the, the, you still want to get that girl out of that other tank? I mean, there are a lot of rooms we haven't looked in. We don't have. We're not going to be able to look in these rooms. You have to make a choice now. Are we grabbing that girl or not? We're grabbing the girl. We can't leave her here. Yeah, I'll, I'll let's take her. her. I'll carry her. Here. Something about carrying her. I literally mean we have to get over there and open it up and get her out because now we have to go before that thing gets up. You guys are fairly I confident mean... that you can do that really quickly. Uh, court, uh, Bananas has the layout of it. He knows what buttons to push. I mean, you can grab her, get her out of there, and sh you're relatively confident that she will not die. Like, it's not going to die if you take her out of there. Let's go, then. Let's get this done and get out before that thing gets up. Did the state of that dragon look like it was going to get up? I want to say you said it was partially skeletal? It was very much partially skeletal. Uh, you have no idea. You've never met a dragon before. You don't know what they can survive, but you did see still beating organs. It was still alive in the tank. Whether or not it was doing well, it was alive. I don't want to be there when that thing realizes what they did to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Uh, you guys rush in. You, you start to feel a little bit of rumbling of machinery, not like of like the place going to cave in or anything like that, but like m definitely the vibration of machinery working at a larger scale than you anticipated. Uh, 
it feels like it's directly below the floor. You get to the the cryogenic rooms. Uh, you manage to break Jessica out of the the thing, no problem. Uh, it cracks open. The the fluid drains out. Uh, you get her out of there. She's unconscious but not dead. You can still feel her breathe. You can see her breathing. You throw a, a cloak or a coat around her to wrap her up, uh, so she's not completely naked, and you guys can get out of here if you want. I assume you're I going am back. all for leaving right now. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Okay, uh, you guys get back to the elevator. You push the button to go back up to the main floor, and the the, the elevator starts to slowly move up. Uh, as it does so, uh, the building does start to rumble. It feels not quite like an earthquake. Uh, some of you have been through one before, but it's not dissimilar. And from the eighth room, you notice that the roof uh, explodes out as a dark form darts straight through the solid rock of the ceiling uh, several hundred feet away. And the building doesn't collapse, but you can definitely feel that whatever this is, is burrowing straight through the concrete and rock and stone uh, and breaking its way to the surface. You manage to get back up to the main floor, the lobby. Elevator dings open. The, ele- the, the music is still playing. Um, it looks like a couple things have knocked over. Uh, a couple glasses here and there. Uh, looks I'll like grab the bottle of McAllen on our the, way out. It's already just, it's already been crushed onto the floor as it fell off the shelf from the rumbling oh, from the earthquake. I told you I should have grabbed it. No, because then you would have drunk it. Why don't you focus on your monkey? You almost got killed. <laughs> He'll be fine. A couple minutes in the van, he'll be patched up, good to go. Okay. Uh, are you guys going to do anything We're else? Leaving. Or are you just hauling? You're okay. You, hauling ass. Okay, you guys make it through, uh, no problem. Uh, the the hallway is perfectly clear. Nothing is falling in here. Lights are still on. You make it out past the door, and waiting for you at the door looks to be a goblin in a black trench coat with a cane. And half of a, a fleshy head. The other half is skeletal. Oh, hello there. Were you the ones that woke me up? Are you the dragon? I'm putting myself between these people and that thing. I have been referred to by that name, yes. What, um, what's going on? Oh, the humans found my slumbering body and, well, he re- re- like holds up a skeletal hand. Uh, they they took quite a bit of me, it would seem. I owe you a, a debt. Thank you. Can I get that in writing? You owe us a debt? Like, can I, can I get... Oh, I, I can do more than that. Now that I'm awake, I can offer you a boon. I need to know what year it is, and I'm going to have to go check in on a few of my brothers, but if you wish to accept my boon, you may call on me at any time. I tell him the year. I don't know what year it is off the top of my head. Uh, 2088. It's 2088. Huh. If you don't know the reckoning system we use, that I can't help you. I don't know where you're from. Oh no, I'm I'm familiar. I that that is interesting. It's been a while. How 
long did they have you down there? By the reckoning of your time, 200 years? But please, I, I have much to do. I, I just need to know if you wish to accept my boon or not. Yeah, it probably wouldn't be a bad idea to have a dragon in your back pocket. Anybody I very, else? I, I very pointedly look at Rosie. Like, is this a good idea? I don't. I don't know what that is, and what I. I what? Do you did you learn about this in magic school? I, you would have known that like dragons weren't ever dictated as evil or good. They were just supreme beings on the magical hierarchy of of sort of the food chain. But again, you've never met one. Sure, I'll I'll take it. Favor for a favor. I have so many questions, but I gather that you have things to do. I I'll do, yes. Take I'll take your boon. I guess me too, then I How does Tia feel about it? Sure. Excellent. Why not? He sort of hobbles over. Uh, you can see he's not walking quite well yet uh, and waves his non-skeletal hand. Uh, and on the back of each of your right hands uh, appears, not painfully, uh, but you can definitely feel it itching, uh, a rune. That is my sigil. It will connect us when you wish to call in your boon. Simply think of me and you may speak my name. I am Xanathos and I am very grateful for you. Please take care of my daughter. And he looks at the sleeping form in your hands. I'll be back. And he dissipates into black billowing smoke. Uh, and he doesn't turn into like a giant dragon or anything like that. But he's definitely gone. You get the impression that he wasn't actually physically here. Well, that was a thing. Okay. Uh, right now, you can't give that kid to Vinny. Where can we hide her? Um, <laughs> I got a one-room apartment. I live in the dorm. Val actually has a safe house. Uh, being who who Val is, uh, it's hidden on essentially the downtown ward. Uh, so you could theoretically hole up there if Val's willing to give that up. Yeah, I'll give that up. My suggestion is you go to Vinny, you tell him everything except her. You know, he, it's not like he can do anything to the dragon. Uh, hand over those grenades and whatever paperwork you got and just act like, you know, we had to leave because the robots were going crazy or something. Or just say, you know, the dragon woke up, so we ran. Wait. And the less you lie, the better. Wait. Are we still on camera here? They've seen us. 
who, do we know where these feeds go? You look up. The cameras are completely melted. Okay. And Lucky. you you go, as you guys are walking away, you notice that the guard is completely unconscious. Alive, uh, maybe in a deep, deep slumber, uh, but is asleep inside of the, uh, the little guard shack. Bananas, you are not going back in there. You do not need another ham sandwich. Technically, he got the ham sandwich from the guard shack. It's true. He did. All right. You guys can make your way to Val's safe house. Uh, you can call Vinny. Uh, basically, you don't have to, to meet him face to face. You could tell him what you found, that you cleared out the place, if that's what you want. Uh, you can tell him that a dragon got out of there. Uh, you tell me how it's going to play. My suggestion is to lie to him as little as possible. The only thing you should lie to him about is the girl. Just don't mention her. Don't bring her up. No, don't say I, you took her out. Say nothing. I don't think we should mention the boon or anything either. Yeah, you know, don't don't mention the part where we meet a dragon afterwards. Just say you saw it. It escaped. We ran because it was a dragon. If he doesn't want to believe us, that's his thing. But you've got stuff to give him. You've got all the paperwork. You've got the magic gun. If you want, unless you want to keep it, I don't know. You you talk to him about that. I, I kind of want to keep the magic gun. Yeah, but there's more there. If they want to go in and yeah. cross through it, they can. I want to give him two of the three grenades. Okay. Well, we aren't going to see him right now, and there's a whole warehouse of stuff. Right. Uh, mice. My my cyber eyes can record, so I could give him like the relevant video clips of like the places where we found stuff. That is a just, very good idea. Just edit uh, out yes, the part yes. The, just edit out the part where we took the kid. Yeah, I'll just edit out the part in the end. All right. I mean, I think instead of giving him the whole thing, I'll give him like a clip of when we saw this cool thing, a clip of when we saw this cool thing. So it's like, I'm just giving you the relevant information and it's not like chunk in the middle. All right. His report will just be the stuff that could harm people if they're sending people in. Like, you know, look out for bug people with like with mosquito faces. Uh, look out for robots that shoot those weird magic guns. And like show there him was a dragon. The, like show the drone that came down, so he knows that kind of technology was there. And show the uh, yeah, like when we went into the room with the grenades. Okay, so the way that it works with this is because everybody's connected essentially to a low-level version of the matrix through uh, cortical implants, if they so choose to. Uh, you can just call them up. It's almost like a video chat, uh, Skype, but better. Uh, you tell him everything, and he, he, you can see he, he stops eating. He actually puts his wine glass down. He holds the bridge of his, I can't say nose, his snoot, essentially. Uh, really? Th this, this is all for real? Go and look for it yourself, man. It's wide open now. You see him make a couple hand gestures, uh, somebody off camera. Uh, you hear boots. As, as people basically file out. We only looked in three of the eight chambers at the end because the dragon woke up. Oh, yeah, yeah I mean, I, I've sent him the, the video of us seeing the dragon and the dragon starting to wake up when we left. Ugh. That, uh, that was not expected. I'll tell you what. 
You don't say anything to anybody. You were never there. I know you probably picked yourselves up some goodies. Just keep them. That's fine. Whatever. I'm going to double your rate of pay for this job. Vinny, Vinny, a good companion of mine, uh, came out pretty worse than where. I think going to need more than double, I think. He sort of I looks look, at None of us say anything else. I mean, I don't anyway. I'm just like giving him a look. It's worth you 20000 You don't think that's enough? If your machinery got broken, that's on you, kid. You know the risk when you accept the job. It's how it works. I can't offer you more than I can offer you. Family only gives me so much of an allowance. You know how it goes. Twenty grand each. That's a lot of. That's a lot of moolah. That's plenty to keep me quiet. Uh, depending on what else we clear out from there, we might have some more work for you. But uh, you lay low. My folks are gonna bury that place after they're done. That is a good idea. Uh, thank you for your service. Ma says uh, the next time you guys stop by, dinner's on her. She uh, she'll make you something special. But thanks, you uh, you can see he like unbuttons his his shirt a little bit, loosens his tie. It's gonna get hot, kids. But thanks, you did good. And that's where we'll end our session. Uh, I would like to thank everybody for showing up and playing through this small adventure. Uh, if it's something you guys enjoyed, especially if you're listening and our players, I'm more than happy to revisit this. Uh, this was based off of Powered by the Apocalypse, uh, as well as The Sprawl by Hamish Cameron, uh, The Sprawl Touched by Ardens Luder, uh, and with Shadowrun in the Sprawl by Silva. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Be sure to check back with us next week as we will be returning to the wonderful world of uh, Rossi's D&D Spectacular to find out where we're going to be going with that one. Uh, and then we're going to be doing some other fun stuff this month, so make sure you check back frequently. So thank Well, it you, was going to be a black dragon hanging in a tank, but now i got to change everything. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you and all. Uh, Super I big like shout to add... 6,000 for yeah. sponsoring this month. Yes. I, yes, I would like to add that uh, we're doing four tabletop gaming sessions this month, and that is possible because of Patreon supporter 6000, who uh, pushed us over to our D&D goal of 6000 for this month. And uh, if you want to get more D&D, please support us on Patreon. We really appreciate your support, and it's what allows us to keep doing all of this cool stuff. Yeah, I have like all sorts of questions. So yeah, please sponsor us so we can play more of this so I can find out the answers to those questions. <laughs> but yes, thank you for all of your continued support. Thank you for my players for showing up and having hopefully having a good time today. Thank you, Anna, for joining us in the craziness. Thank you, everybody who joined us in chat. And again, special thanks to 6000 for getting us past that goal. You guys have a good weekend. Stay safe. We'll see you next week.